down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling. That something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come out to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you! As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, then this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Hey, what's going on, everybody? You've tuned into the one and only hot tag. It's yours truly, Shaheen. And Boxman. And we are the Persian and the Jew. You can check us out every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Mixler.com slash THT Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and show us some love by leaving a review. Really, really helps spread the name of the show. And for as little as $5 a month, you can listen to us on Patreon.com slash THT Network. That's right. Every week we release a brand new exclusive episode for our Patreons only, including THT Extras, Persian and the Jews, and live commentary over pay-per-views. And for you movie fans out there, listen to Anthony and me on THT Movie Review every other Saturday right here on Mixler and anywhere you find good podcasts. And don't forget to visit NuclearHeatGraphics.com where you can find my original art prints which focus on all the nostalgic things that we love growing up, including movies, wrestling, and Saturday morning cartoons. Nuclear Heat Graphics. Nuclear handcrafted designs of nostalgic horror. We have such sights to show you. Wrestling. Hulk Hogan must self-destruct. Retro cartoons and entertainment. A fellow chucker, eh? Portraits, customized posters, fan posters, and so much more. Nuclear Heat Graphics. Dot com. Art makes us human. Who's gonna teach you how to dance? Who's gonna show you how to fly? Who's gonna call you on the lame dope smoking slack and little sucker you are? Who's going to pay for my eardrum surgery? Son of a bitch. Jesus Christ, Anthony. Did that wake you up or what? Hell fucking yeah. 
Fuck no yeah. falling asleep for me. Anytime you hear me, hit me with that. Oh, goddamn! Little monster magnet. That should uh, that should get you going there. Truthfully, that band right there. I went and saw Marilyn Manson, and they opened for him. Right? Uh huh. My ears were bleeding after the opening act. Those guys are so fucking loud. It's ridiculous. Like ridiculously loud. But they were great in concert. Honestly, they were. Marilyn Manson always good in concert. To, to be honest with you, so. You know, good shit there. But, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. This is, uh, whoo. This is THT movie review back for the first, first show of 2019, Anthony. Yes. Yes. First show. Excited about this one. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing a movie. Um, we mentioned this last show that we were planning on, uh, doing this one week. We didn't plan on doing it this week, but, uh, neither one of us have had time to probably watch and sit and watch a movie. I haven't, to be honest with you. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just hectic, man. But um, what we mentioned was sequels that are better than the originals. Now, I found a list from BuzzFeed. Um, it's decent. There's 32 movies on there. I'll post it in the chat in case anybody in the chat wants to follow along with us real quick. I'm not going to go through all the movies, though. I'm not. I picked 20 of them out of the 32 uh, some of them are just, I mean, seriously, look, 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 come on. Bride of Frankenstein, 1935. Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit like that. And there's some other movies I haven't seen in here. Even Dawn of the Dead. I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead. So. What am I gonna yeah. Do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? But, uh, I did pick 20 of these wonderful movies, sequels. That are better than the original. Some I agree with, some I don't. So, Anthony, you can tell us whether you agree with some of these. And I started with, I believe, the second number two on the list, uh, The Godfather Part Two. I would agree yeah. that this is. I would agree because I mean, I, you know, I'm more of a Goodfellas person, as this show has established many times over. Yep. But The Godfather. The first two are obviously the quintessential. The third one, you can, you know, polish it. Uh, leave that one out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the second one, I would say of the three is, is the best one. The first one, it's not that the first one is bad. It kind of drags for me. Like when I first saw it, it just was, it was like the movie that wouldn't end. I feel like I'm still watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first one was kind of a little more, I don't know, blood and gut, blood and gore, something like that. More of that. This one told a lot more of the story of the family. It was more yeah. of a prequel than a sequel, you know, but it was also, but it was number two. So, yeah, this one definitely told more of a story. And, I mean, come on, we had Pacino, Robert Duvall, De Niro, yeah. even fucking Talia Shire. Adrian! Yeah, she was in the movie. That's right. I mean, those, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes. you're right. She was Connie Corleone in the movie. So, what a departure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, this was 1974, so I don't think the first Rocky came around to what, 78, 79? Might have been, no, I think the first Rocky was uh, 76. 76, 77, I think. So, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. She wasn't much better in this movie, by the way. Just, 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 you know, it's not like, wow, she's really good in The Godfather. Uh, the Godfather. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. No. No. She was just kind of, I mean, she was just kind of there. Just a pretty face. She was just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much just there. Um, so that one I definitely agree with. 
then I jumped down a few more, and I uh, I chose Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back. I definitely liked this one better than any of the others. It's been a uh, long, I won't lie, this was 1980. It's been a long time since I've watched watched these movies. I haven't seen many of the newer ones, but I know this one was bad fucking. Uh, I gotta be honest, I never really was a Star Wars guy. Never seen any of them? I mean, I've seen like some of the newer ones, but I could, I was always kind of lost because I never, like I said, I never followed the stories. So it was kind of like going into a cold. So I mean, I like some like the action sequence. I knew some of the characters, obviously, because they're like iconic characters. Mm -hmm. But because I never followed the story, it was kind of hard to kind of get into. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And I, yeah, that wasn't really a, I don't know. I mean, they were popular back in the day, but if you weren't an 80s kid, these really weren't your thing. Even, I mean, unless I guess your parents kind of forced it upon you. <laughs> force, mm. get it? Force, the force. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> if your parents forced it upon you, yeah, I could see where you could, you, you, you know, you probably became this Star Wars nerd. But uh, otherwise, nah, it's not a big deal. But yeah, I loved this one out of all the others, so... I'll go ahead and move on. Now, Anthony, I know you've seen these Superman movies. Of course. Superman 2, they're claiming, is the best of the... I believe there was three of the original with... Um, Chris uh, Reeves. Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves, yeah. Yeah, Christopher Reeve. Um, the third it was, one... It was four, wasn't it? I think there was three. I think they stopped after the Richard Pryor one. Okay. I, I Probably a good idea, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I love Richard Pryor, but that wasn't the greatest of the three. Now, the second one, I could see maybe. I mean, we had Gene Hackman in the second one playing Lex Luthor. Uh, Ned Beatty as Otis. There were some real good characters in this movie. Margot Kidder, Lois Lane, obviously yeah. recently passed. But this movie, I did like this second one better than the first one. I don't know about you, but I certainly did. Would you credit that to the acting chops of uh, Gene Hackman? Uh, probably. Probably, but I think the other one just kind of... The first one was like an introduction to Superman and Lois Lane. This one told more of a story. If you remember, I mean, he had to save her, he went around. Yeah. Didn't he turn bad in this one for a little while, if I remember? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was more like an origin story. Yeah, he turned heel a little bit. He, yeah, he healed it up. Yeah. Yeah, he was flicking peanuts into uh, bottles at the bar, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, stop. He's like, what are you going to do, drunk fuckers? <laughs> By the way, I didn't know aliens could get drunk. I really didn't. I, I mean, that's that that that's a new one on me. Did you know aliens could? I mean, I, I, no. mean, I don't know. Well, I'm not prejudiced against aliens, so I'll just say well, good for them. I didn't say I. All right, let's move on. <laughs> God damn it. Gonna get me in trouble, aliens. I'm gonna fucking misgender an alien or something. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right. This is one I'm not crazy about the pick here. I really actually do not agree with it. The Road Warrior, the sequel to Mad Max. Road Warrior was the second one. It was Mad Max and Road Warrior, and then Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which, in my opinion, is the best of the three. Ah, the Tina Turner version. Damn yes. right. Yes, the one with Tina Turner in it. I disagree with this being the best of the three. 
Now, when you say sequel, it doesn't have to be number two. It could be number two, number three. I mean, let's be honest. When you get to the Fast and Furious movies, the best one of those movies is number five with The Rock in it, where The Rock takes over the fucking franchise. Now, I wanted to be completely surprised at this list, and I'm not going to give my answer now if this comes up. Mm-hmm. But uh, is I Die Hard on this list? No. Okay, so I can uh, get this out now. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, uh, you know, the, the original Die Hard is iconic. It's a great movie, and there's been 87 sequels since. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you'll agree, but for me personally, out of all the Die Hard that there are, my favorite one is the third one, Die Hard with a Vengeance. With a Vengeance, I agree. It was. The- I felt like the chemistry between uh, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Just the, the storyline, the plot, and I liked how it tied everything to the original. Mm-hmm. I, everything about Die Hard with a Vengeance, the action, the comedy. It just worked for me. So for me personally, that's the best of all the diehards. My yeah, favorite one. Yeah, I agree with that. Those two worked really, fu- really fucking good together. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that was the best out of those two. But I mean, you know, for some reason, though, well, nothing ever beats the original. Everyone says, uh, sometimes, yeah, but, but to me, the Road Warrior, which in some countries it was actually just called Mad Max Two. Uh, I I don't agree. Beyond Thunderdome, that whole story with the, you know the j- just all the characters in that movie at Master Blaster and Tina Turner. Come on, the height of Tina Turner's hotness. And honestly, I don't know about you, man. Like, look, she's one of those women that honestly doesn't age. She has to be in like her seventies now, but she looks almost like she did in eighties. Yeah. A wrinkle here, a wrinkle there, but she, you know, obviously she's taking very good care of herself because she pretty much looks the same. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true, man. Fuck yeah, black don't crack. That that's that's not just a gimmick, folks. That's a real thing. Uh, that's what uh, that's what happens when you have money for Botox and surgery. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um. All right, roll on to the next one. I don't know if I agree with this. <laughs> I'm 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 a little torn here, Anthony. Now I don't know if you've ever seen the Grease movies. No, you, yeah, I know you're trying to get, no. One day, one day. Now, they're claiming Grease 2 is better than the original Grease. Um, now, the Grease 2 came out in 1982. It was decent, okay? We had a couple of the same characters make a comeback in this movie. Uh, not many, not many made a comeback in this movie. Actually, I believe only two made a comeback. Uh, Didi Khan came back in this movie. And Sid Caesar was the coach again in this movie, Coach Calhoun. But there were no other characters. Oh, you know what? The principal and the vice principal, but they, they were the same too. Um I forgot about that. Those were the those two were the same. Um but not many came back for this movie, but we did have a great scene with Michelle Pfeiffer air humping a ladder. That 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 was pretty good. Now but, I will say this uh, in terms of sequels. I don't know if you'll agree with this. If you can't get the at the very minimum, at the very least, the original star for the sequel, it's probably not a good idea to do it. Dude, you know, I mean, I mean, because to me, it's like I'm not a fan of the Greeks. I've never really seen them, so I can't really speak to whether they were good or bad from my perspective. But John Travolta, obviously, the big part was a big part of that franchise. So, but if he says like I'm not doing it, then that's probably that should be the end of the discussions. Well, because you can't. It's like imagine trying to do Lethal Weapon 
in any form, any any type of version of Lethal Weapon without Mel Gibson. It wouldn't be the same movie. Right. Well, they're doing it on the TV show instead. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this is just not the same. Listen, if you couldn't give, get Jeff Conway to come back in 1982 to make a little money, there was something wrong with this movie. <laughs> Kanicki, Kanicki, who was a, I mean, this guy was a drug fucking vacuum. If you couldn't get him to come back and make a little extra money, th- this movie was doomed. Doomed. So, so was he like a major character in the original? Minor? Kanicki? Oh, God, yeah. Major. The whole hmm. movie was about him and Travolta, basically. And, you know, Olivia Newton John, who. Oh, oh, God. Oh, they, so they were basically fighting over the chick. No, not really. Not really. No, 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 no. You're, you're, I, I, I honestly don't think you would like the second one, but I think you would actually enjoy the first one. Okay. It's Travolta at his coolest. Cooler than, uh, was it Saturday Night Fever? Walking down the street? Cooler than that? Oh. Oh, it's, it's, it, it, it there's comparable coolness. Oh, okay. Comparable yeah. coolness. But, uh, I can't say Grease 2 is better than Grease 1. This list kind of got me on that. I definitely prefer the original Grease. Just, I mean, I don't know. Memories of that movie. I remember being like three years old or four years old and back in my parents' station wagon at a drive-in watching that movie. You know, certain things will make you really love a movie than others, and it's not always just the movie. Yeah. So, Grease 2, not better than for Can't agree. Uh, now we go to the Indiana Jones, what... uh how many of those were there? Three? Four? Uh, mm, did, they, did they do like a reboot in the uh, mid-90s? For some reason, I'm thinking they did. I think they might have. But there was the original. This is another yeah. one I'm not completely agreeing with. Uh, the original Indiana Jones was better than this number two, the second one, the Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. I thought the original one was awesome. Agree. Yeah. I mean, even the, 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 the part that wasn't even supposed to be in there where the guy is you know, swinging the sword and Harrison Ford just takes out the gun and shoots him. <laughs> that was, Do you know that wasn't supposed to be in there? That was just like a they were joking around and they're like, fuck, that was great. Keep it in. Wow. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the, the, the greatest things come for happy accidents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy sold it. So they were like, fuck it. Leave it in. But that's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the original. Listen, I understand we had a little, uh, you know, a little bit of a boost of technology from from nineteen eighty, you know, eighty to nineteen eighty four. So there was a a little bit better, but I can't see anyone. I, I think a lot of people uh, would agree with me. The original is the best. The original Indiana Jones. So I don't know. The, the, this list is decent. But not great, you know what I mean. I, I agree with that though, and I, and I gotta say, I feel like Harrison Ford's name doesn't get mentioned enough in terms of like on screen badasses. Like you know, you'll get the usual suspects. You'll get like the Bruce Willis's. You'll get a uh, you know Mel Gibson types. But you you don't hear too many people talk about Harrison Ford as a you know underrated action star. But I really think he needs to be in a conversation more. Oh yeah, and and you gotta realize this guy is like seventy some years old, and like what was it like two years ago? He saved like a group of people from a, a, a like a, a, an avalanche wherever he lives. This guy flies around in his helicopter looking for rescues. Exactly. We should all hope to be that spry at seventy something years old. Jesus Christ, this man! 
I mean, legit off-screen badass. Legit. Yeah. 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 I mean, fuck yeah. You got you gotta love Harrison Ford, man. I, I, yeah. I, I <laughs> you think Harrison Ford should have did a uh, double impact? Not double impact. What was that movie we did? Frank uh, uh, Frank Dukes. Oh, Bloodsport. He yeah, played, yeah, Bloodsport. Yeah. Be more believable than Frank Dukes himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the fucking misgendered GameStop girl would have been more legit. Yeah. <laughs> I remember man. that that was a very heartbreaking episode. Check the archives to find I'm, out why. I'm still heartbroken. Anyway, let's move on before I cry. <laughs> uh this this we're gonna get through this pretty fucking fast, dude, because I mean there's just not a ton to say about any of these eh, sequels, but alright. This one though, this one I one hundred percent agree with. Uh, Aliens, sequel to Alien. Yes, they added an S and called it called a sequel. sequel. Yes, yeah. yes, they did. But I will agree this one was better than the first. I don't know. Again, this was 1986. The first one was pretty, what was it, four or five years between? Yeah, yeah. like so, 79, 80, around there. Yeah, so again, we're bumping up technology a little bit. Uh, a, a little bit better of a movie, so I definitely agreed about Aliens. I, I, have you seen the that franchise, Anthony? I, I kind of think you have. Yeah, I've seen like hand, like I like I said, I'm not really a big horror guy, even sci-fi, but I've seen like a handful of them, and I, I would agree that the sequels were better than the original. Now, I haven't seen all the sequels. I actually saw Alien vs Predator, and God, it was fucking horrible. Did you see uh, Alien Resurrection? No, I haven't seen that one either. I would check that one. That's pretty decent. Yeah, I I, I could. But uh, this one here, instead of Sigourney Weaver being the, you know, kind of just the the girl, she she be, this is where she becomes the action star. Sigourney Weaver was probably our first real legit female action star, and I don't think she got any credit for it. Oh yeah, you, honestly, if you really think about it, she really doesn't. I no. think, I mean, you, you think it's because, like, I don't know. Do you think her role as like almost like the soft-spoken, demure girlfriend in uh, the Ghostbusters franchise that kind of took away from Alien? Because it's almost like you kind of associate associate her more with Ghostbusters than you do Alien for some reason. Yeah, you kind of do, and I don't know what took her out. Uh, what really kind of made them made her not be recognized for that shit, but. I am mean, she legit Sigourney Weaver might be the first female action star. Yeah, she might have been, but if I don't know, maybe it's because of her maybe the choices she made. Because if you really think about it, outside of like uh, the Alien franchise, did she do, she didn't do a whole lot of action. She was always like either in comedies, dramas. The only the closest thing I could think of where she was almost like we could say she was like an action star was she did a movie Copycat came out years ago right 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 but other than that it was always like you know romantic comedy type movies yep she played the wife the girlfriend yeah yeah but this you know a a, a james cameron movie i mean james cameron does great action movies trust me this isn't the first james cameron movie we're gonna get to um and a couple more movies down we'll get to it but yeah, I mean, this, this really was better. And again, she wasn't the frightened, scared little girl. She really kind of took back everything in this fucking movie, which I enjoyed. Now, 
Uh, where did you stand on Sigourney Weaver, like, uh, in the 80s? Would, would she have been considered a sex symbol as an action star for you back in the day? Not for me. No, not even in Ghostbusters. <laughs> you think Bill Murray could have did better? You think he should? <laughs> no. Have you seen Bill Murray? <laughs> <laughs> you think he should have held out for a better uh, female co-star in that one? No, I think she was perfect for him. They're, they're, I mean... I mean, she's, no, she's I mean, not. I mean, look, for the record, you know, she's not ugly. The woman for is the record, not. No, no. Go, go ahead, Anthony. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, you know, got to clean things up in 2019. Not saying she was not an attractive woman. She's just plain, plain looking. That's all. Basic looking. She's not ugly. I'm not trying to say that, folks. I don't want any letters. Spare me your hate mail and your tweets. Oh, fuck it. Send me hope. That's one homely looking girl. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, Boxman, dude. Boxman. Going for the jugular in 2019. He don't care. no fucks giving box man. <laughs> she was a homely looking girl, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I was look, trying to clean it up. You're just saying fuck it. <laughs> there's look there 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 there's some attractive homely girls out there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she cleans up well. I've seen her hot, but I mean even in Ghostbusters, she was in that sexy dress, and I'm like I can't fap to this. This is horrible. I mean. Now, Box, I'm, I want to throw a random movie out to you that she was in. I don't know if you remember. And I actually enjoyed this movie. I haven't seen it in years, though. Maybe we should get to it one day. Remember a movie called Working Girl? It was her and uh, Melanie Griffin. Oh, God, yeah. that was. I haven't seen that since probably the 80s. Maybe the no, yeah. 90s. When it, it came out in the 90s, yeah. And that, that was actually, uh, that's actually an underrated flick, in my opinion. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long fucking time. Long fucking time. But, uh... All right, let's move on to the next one here. What we got next? Next movie I picked was, and I think I agree with this, to be honest with you, Gremlins 2. <laughs> Gremlins 2. Uh, obviously the sequel to the 1984 Gremlins movie. Uh, look, I'm not saying I didn't love the original Gremlins, but the addition... And the character that came out of this one also, just all the crazy characters, I loved this movie. I like the Gremlins movies, all of them. I, I think they're, they're fucking great. But Gremlins 2 was a damn fun movie. And I mean, Phoebe Cates was in this movie, was even hot in this movie, but I definitely like this movie. I don't give a fuck. Oh, stupid. It was silly. Yes, it was. That's what made it better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. You you pretty much summed everything up that I wanted to say, Box on Gremlins. And by the way, it was written by Charles S. Haas, who knew he was a uh, movie writer. Old Charlie Haas. <laughs> Multi talented. Thought he was just banging Jackie Guida. That's all he was doing. Jeez, look at this guy. Right. Look at this guy. Kayfabe. He, had to come, he, had, he came up for air and wrote uh, this movie. Look at him. K Kayfabe in it since nineteen ninety, this motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the 80s he was what they used to say in the 80s Bob? hanging and banging uh yeah now it's yes that's what he was doing like this was that this would have been a part of the hanging portion obviously obviously oh god that was weird all right anyway um <laughs> now you're gonna be surprised i picked this movie next okay. but i did and i have actually seen Three of these. I think there were might I think there might have been more of them, but I've seen three of these movies. I'm talking about Child's Play. Child's Play two is the next sequel better than the original. Child's Play 
the original was in 1988. This movie came out in 1990, so they didn't even, like, they rode their own coattails on this movie, if you think about it. Two years. That's quick for any sequel to come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm trying to figure out if a sequel ever came out that, you know, the following year or anything. Can't uh, think of anything off the top of my head. Well, there was Bride of Chucky, which I believe was the third one, right? No, it would have been Child's Play 3. Okay, and then Bride of Chucky, okay. Yeah. Which I haven't seen Bride of Chucky, honestly. And there's also a Seed of Chucky. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, all right. This, this, all right, it, it got out of hand after the second one. See what happens, people? <laughs> See what happens? I'm talking to you, Rocky. No, nah, nah, I, I, I kind of give Rocky a pass, just because if you if you really kind of like pay attention to each Rocky, you can we can make jokes about it, but it feels like every story built on the previous ones. So it's not, yeah. it's, not it's kind of like it's it's almost like a long overarching story. So you can say Stallone's like you know he's milking a cow a bit much, but I feel like he finds a way to make each one at least unique enough. To where it doesn't feel like, okay, enough already. Right. And you know what? There's one that's not on the list. They did pretty much, this list is pretty much number twos. Second one, sequel of. But Rocky, let's face it. Rocky 3 is the best. Do you think so? Clubber Lang, Hulk Hogan. You had Mr. T as Clubber Lang. You had Hulk How can that not, do you not think that's the best of the, of the, of pretty much the one that, I mean, Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 did okay, but Rocky 3, man, blew the fuck up. And Hulk Hogan, oh, yeah, did. And Hulk Hogan and Mr. T were a huge part of that reason. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I guess it probably would be uh, probably a tie between 3 and 4. Dolph Lund- Come on, man. The iconic, you know, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> so uh, between 3 and 4. But uh, 5, to me, needs to get more love. I, I want to <sighs> put that out there for the public. 5 needs more love, in my opinion. Yes. That, that that one is so much under people shit on five for some, and I don't like that, man. Five is very much underrated. Look, I can understand people didn't like five. It was the fifth one. It was a weird time for movies, and I could see it. But come on, you had Tommy Gunn, you had the 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 Don King type character in um. Oh, I'll think of his name by the end of this this little conversation here, um. But, I mean, you had all these characters in that movie. Tommy Morrison, who, you know, this was when he was alive and didn't have AIDS. But, but I mean, Tommy Morrison was great in that movie as Tommy Gunn. But I absolutely loved number five. And, yeah, I mean, come on. Some of the lines in that movie, when, you know, when they push him, when Tommy pushes down, uh, uh, what's the brother's name? Polly, yeah, and he goes, <laughs> "You knocked him down. Try knocking me down now." <laughs> Polly was great in those movies. I don't care what anybody Pauly, said. He's down there on the ground. He's like, I "Told you, you should have left that bum on the street." He's feeling his mouth. He's like, "That didn't fucking hurt." I don't sweat you. He's saying, but I don't know. The third one, though, to yeah. me, was the best because the third one, we got the story. He started making money. The downfall started to happen in number four. The downfall really hit in number five, but the, I'm sorry, number three. The downfall hit in number three. It didn't hit in number four because they didn't talk about it, but number five, they really showed that downfall from number three. 
So yeah. five tied a lot of these movies together better than you think. But number three, man, you got yeah. you you saw him with the money. You saw what it was doing to him. You he s- went mainstream. Like it was almost like because the first two he was struggling, but by the third one he was like he was feeling himself. He made some money. He was a champ. We but lost five, him. another reason yeah. why I like five was because it took him out of the ring. You know, because you know how they ended instead of like a traditional boxing match, it was a street fight. Oh, on yeah. the mean streets of South. That's another. I don't know. Maybe it's why it was just like a different dynamic. It was a different feel. On the streets of Philly, you know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I got it. I got all yeah. stolen on you there. I mean, we lost Mickey in number three. Damn that. that. I mean that, and, and that was another thing. I think people expected him to do one or two more. No. Remember, we lost Mickey in number three. That was the start of the downfall. And it meant, again, another thing not mentioned too much in number four. But, I mean, it did get mentioned, you know, because, I mean, number four picks up with the, you know, right when he's, you know, all fucked up from the clubber fight. But, oh, man, I I totally agree. Number Rocky five does not get enough love. And it should. It fucking should. Now, Ox, I got to ask you. Yeah. Where do you stand on this? Like, you, you mentioned we lost Mickey in uh, number three, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We also, we uh, lost uh, Apollo in four. Yep. Do, do, do you think they could have got more mileage out of the Apollo Creed character? Yeah, I always, wondered, I always wondered why they did that, but I did understand that they were trying to make the Drago character more of a badass. And to just give Apollo a beating might not have been enough of a, a reason for Stallone to get back in the ring or grow a beard. We do, I don't know. Get us get him a sweet beard and that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I I think they definitely could have got more out of Apollo. I think he would have been. I think even with the Creed movies right now, Carl Weathers would have. It would have been great to have him in those. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think that they could have gotten more mileage out of it, but I also see why they why they killed him. Yeah, I mean, outside of the one weird scene of uh, him and uh, Stallone and Carl Weathers kind of running down the beach in the uh, the short shorts, I-, I feel like I thought that was a good story <laughs> of how, like, they hated each other. Not hated. They hated each other in the first one. They kind of grew a mutual started to grow grow a, a new, mutual respect for each other in the second one, and then by the third one and the fourth one, they was like the best of friends. I feel like they didn't really get a lot of mileage out of the friendship part. Yeah, and and, and it wasn't just the short shorts in the third one; it was the 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 cut off top showing the midriff. That yeah, that that was the weird part. You're like, why are they? The fuck were you doing? What the fuck were y'all doing in the eighties box? What was going on? Lots of cocaine, man. If there was, <laughs> people were doing lots of coke, man. Lots of coke in the eighties. It was I'm like, and we'll get to this later because it's going to come up. I guess in like when we get into a little bit of news, but even by eighty standards, people had to look at that and say, "Yeah, that's kind of gay." Meanwhile, by eighty standards, it's basically what the uh, like liberals and Antifa are wearing now, just out in you know in plain sight. So I don't know anymore, man. The yeah, 80s are, the 80s are coming back in the wrong way. Uh, but, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, <laughs> all right, so yeah, Child's Play two. We, we we already talked about that. Now this one we've talked about. I know you're going to agree with this one. 
Uh, I am talking about Terminator 2. Absolutely. Absolutely. No argument for me. No, no. This is, by the way, this is the other James Cameron movie we're talking about. Terminator 2 was 1984. They waited a good long time to put out Terminator 2 in 1991. And boy, am I glad they waited for technology to be what it was then. Yes, and everything about the story, the action, uh, Orsonegger at his badass best. I mean, that the video game, we got that badass video game as a result of Terminator 2. So we owe a lot to the sequel. Best yep. one in a bunch. Yep. Uh, not uh, sort of the introduction of Ed- Edward Furlong. Yeah. Uh, we, and we got Robert Patrick, who he had done a few things before that, but he wasn't very, very known. But uh, Robert Patrick, who is still a badass, I, I, I like that guy. Um, some good characters in this movie, though, man. And definitely, this is another one where, we're, you know, 1991, we get another female action star in Linda Hamilton, who's fucking tearing it up as Sarah Connor in this movie. Dude, when she's in the, like, they show her in the beginning and she's doing those pull-ups in the fucking mental institution. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> Just sweaty and ripped. That's hot. You need, you need some time box. You need no, I'm some, good. Need a minute. Good. I, I, got, I got a beer. I'll cool down. I'll, but uh, I mean, Terminator Two. We've, we we've actually done it. Is in the archives. Um, but yeah, I 100 percent agree with this one. This one, Terminator Two, gets the love it does. Be, I mean, number number one. I'm not throwing any anything past it. I'm not saying it was a bad movie. It was good for the year it came out. It was good for 1984. The technology was very good for 1984. The you know the special effects and everything. But when it came to this movie, you know the the T1000 melting and coming yeah. back and what they did with the you know how he killed. Just love that they. I, I'm I'm so glad they waited to do this. Until the technology was this good, and they just really—I mean, this movie was kind of one of its kind when it came out. Exactly, and and it shows what happens when you actually have the patience. Like, I'm a per, I'm a firm believer in this. Certain movies just don't need sequels, and when you look at the original Terminator, it's a great movie on its own merit, right? But you wouldn't necessarily think it needs a sequel. And I'm ge- and I'm guessing that's probably what it was. They waited so long because they probably didn't think there was going to be a need for a sequel. Right. But then once they, you know, I'm pretty sure like they started to toy around with the idea. Arnold, you know, we made so much money off of this original one. Now we got access to this new technology. Let's see what we can do with it. And once they started to like experiment, play with some things, like ah, oh, we can do some things and we can make it bigger and better. So let's do it. So I actually like it because it seems like thought was actually put into it. They didn't just automatically think go for the money. Because if, say, the sequel came out in 1986, it wouldn't have been nearly as good as that 91 version. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And, I mean, like I said, this this movie gets the love because it deserves it. But, I mean, James Cameron loves getting the, uh, the giving the female action heroes a, uh, the lead role in his movies. Oh, he's, he's, he's all about women empowerment. Man, before the, uh, before the whole Me Too movement, he was already there, bro. He was already there. He was already there. He's a fucking trendsetter, sir. A yeah, and another one. Another one that doesn't get enough credit. Linda Hamilton. That Actually, girl's yeah. a badass on film. Definitely. Definitely. Um. All right. 
this is another one I don't agree with. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, 1991. This is another one they they rushed to ride their own coattails. Uh, this is a sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent, to me, was the better movie than this. And look, for all of the people, yeah, let's put this out there. For all of the people that don't think Keanu Reeves has personality, doesn't have it, doesn't have charisma, look at the Bill and Ted movies. He has it. It just... <laughs> I'm 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 a huge Keanu fan. I really yeah. I, I really think he kind of gets a bad rap on the whole, you know, not having any type of personality. He does. It just depends on the role he's in. And he's such. A, you hear all these stories about what a good guy he is. He just got caught. The, uh, he didn't want it out. He got caught somehow. He's been funding all these children's hospitals all over the world. And wow, you serious? I'm dead serious. This wow. Happened, this happened this like happened. within the past few weeks. He's been funding all these children's hospitals all over the world, and he just never said anything. This guy just does all kinds of good shit, dude. He's just a good guy. But, I mean, come on. When you really think about it, some of the great, some of the best action movies are with him, are with Keanu Reeves, if you really think about it. I mean, come on. Speed. I'm going with the original on that one. Speed, the original. Absolutely. Awesome. I loved it. That, that's actually my favorite movie. His. I'm yeah. glad you uh, uh, I, that one. I got to go point blank. Point uh, was point break. Point break. I'm sorry. Point break with Swayze. Absolutely, that's my favorite Keanu movie. Point break. Definitely. Yeah. That one right there. Fucking great action movie. We I, if, we definitely need to get. Did we do that one? I think we did that one. No, we didn't. We need we to do that one. Point break. No argument for me. But I mean, and speed. Speak 2 was even decent. It was decent, but once again, I just didn't like the fact that Keanu wasn't involved in it. Nah, yeah, I know, but dude, he's been in some really good fucking movies. And come on, if you didn't like any of the Matrix movies, you just don't like action movies, and that's fine with me. But those Matrix movies were badass. Him oh, and yeah, Lawrence- the first one is awesome. First yeah. one is awesome. And I'm going to tell you what, him and Lawrence Fishburne were great. And yeah, Keanu, you know, you're like, oh, he, uh, he tries to do these serious roles like devil's advocate. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I want to do that, too. That That's another one. Look, but don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> I love, nice. uh, we definitely need to do that one. I could sit there and do I, I would be doing Pacino all night with that one. Now, let me ask you, uh, since you brought up Pacino, that was a great Pacino, by the way. Do you you go with that or do you go with great ass? Because that, that to me, is iconic. That's a good one. That was iconic. From Heat, yep, where he's talking to Hank Azaria. Many many of the voices in The Simpsons, Hank Azaria. There's another guy who doesn't get credit for being an amazing actor-slash-voice guy. Uh, Yeah, when he's yelling at him. Because she's got a Great ass. And you got your head all the way up. <laughs> but uh but, but break it down about like what do you what do you have against uh Bill and Ted's bogus journey? I think they went overboard, number one. I think they made it too fast. I think once again, dude, to me, two years you should not be making a series. I don't think it's right. I think four, five years is a that's what I think. Seriously, that's that's no. what I think. Let people get over the first one already. 
I mean, some you know, especially now, people you know keep these movies around for years now. So, so, but let me let, let the play devil's advocate though. Depending on does it depend on the series? Because there was a short turnaround time for like if you look at it for the Lethal Weapon series, like at least for the between one and two, I think the first one was, was. eighty seven. Then you had eighty nine. Then I think the I think the first time where they started to take a break was between two and three because I think it was like three years between two and three, and then when they came out with four, it was like a six year, five or six year uh, break. Right. And by the way, I think number four is the 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 best out of the whole series. I would actually agree with that. Yeah, I really think it is. I, I and I'm not saying just because Chris Rock, but holy shit, did he make that fucking trio awesome? Yeah, and Joe Pesci too. Like I I, oh, I, I yeah. can't. I mean, to me. I, it was brilliant casting because I don't know. I mean, he added a different dynamic to the movie for me that I just enjoy. I really think once again, Joe, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Joe Pesci is underrated because he, I think he gets a lot of props, especially from me right. and a lot of other people. But I feel like he really added a lot to that lethal weapon series that kind of gets overlooked sometimes. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Leo gets whatever you want. Leo gets get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you talk about a chameleon, though. Like, think about it. Who else do you know that can literally go from being, like, the goofball burglar in Home Alone to a cold-blooded killer in Goodfellas to, like, just just, just the lovable kind man in uh, lethal, lethal Weapon? That, that, to me, like, again, that is, to me, the definition of a good actor. When you can literally, you got an image. To me, like, Joe Pesci will always be, like, a gangster-type character. Right. So it always kind of gets me when he does comedy. He does it well, but like it just it's weird sometimes to see him in like movies away from like Robert De Niro where he's kind of like playing like a goofball type character. Well, I always think it's weird to see Keanu Reeves in in in, in action movies because I think the first movie I ever saw him in was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And that's all you see him as? Yeah, I see him as the stoner. That's why Point Break was such a good role for him. Valkandias, man. You know, just that fucking chill stoner dude. And then, like I said, you watch him in Devil's Advocate. He's all serious. He's got a little southern accent from the, uh, I believe they're from Louisiana. And, you know, he's got that little accent going. And it's like, holy shit, this guy. And then you see him in the action and you're like, this guy's fucking pretty good. Yeah, it's just like, I, yeah, I always wonder, like, once. Once you get people out of that comfort zone, it's where it's really kind of like a nice. It's a sight to see them kind of like show you, like, yeah, I got some chops, I can act. Yeah, and he did. He blew back into the stoner just a little bit in the Matrix when they were sitting there, and you know, oh. uh, uh, Morpheus got caught, and he had to get him, and they're like, "You're crazy! You can't go in there! You, you'll die!" He's like, "But I think I can." <laughs> and it's like, "There's Keanu." There yeah. he is. Yeah, I think that was like a wink and a nod to the uh, old school fans like yourself. It might have been. Get it. it might have been. I was like, there he is. I think I can bring him back. It's like, well, Bill. Well, Ted. <laughs> but anyway. like, honestly, though, serious. The, 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 does his, did his success like kind of shock you? Because would you think like when you saw him in Bill and Ted, would you look at that as like a future like superstar? Because he really did blow up like, you know, once speed hit and then like. Obviously, the Matrix movies is what most people know him from. Right, right, yeah. And kind of uh, Constantine. Uh, I've I've honestly never seen Constantine. Never have. I I do want to. I have it. It's in my uh, collection, but I've honestly never seen it. But 
I, I can't say I was surprised by his fame, but it's. I really thought we would see him more in comedies than in action movies, especially serious roles. I never thought I'd see him in a serious role. Then, like I said, I saw him in Devil's Advocate, and I'm like, this guy's fucking great. Well, well, you say that, but I guess it depends on the actor. Because, could you, could you, did you ever envision like a Robert De Niro morphing into like a comedy guy after all those years uh-huh. of being like a dramatic actor? Yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, you don't. Uh huh. Interesting. Oh, when they get old and they just need some a, a little extra money, yeah, that 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 never surprises me when they turn to comedy. <laughs> I'm sorry, De Niro's not on my uh. My high up list right now. <laughs> I mean, I love the guy's acting, but uh, let's just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. That crazy old kook. That crazy old kook. But uh, back to Bill and Ted's. They, in my opinion, they went overboard. They went. They had too many characters in the movie. You know, they went to too many times. They brought back all the characters. The characters are just walking around the present time at that time. I just thought it was stupid. I thought it was a really bad one. I liked the first one. I mean, we had two great performances, though, by George Carlin as Rufus in these movies. Yeah, George Carlin. Rest in peace, George Carlin. Absolutely, man. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't get through these movies without mentioning the man, George, the real man, George Carlin. Yes. Are you excited, Doug? I guess this is a good chance to bring this up, slip it in. Are you excited about the potential reboot of Bill and Ted? I would watch it. I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You think you, you think it'll be uh, good? You think it'll live up to the hype, the press? It's going to be kind of two old stoners now. Two older stoners. Uh, I guess we'll have to see. Might be some forced... I mean, there's also a Kevin Smith and you know, the, there's a Jay and Silent Bob thing coming out, too. And I don't know, man. Are, 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 are these guys just getting too long in the tooth, so to speak? Adult to be doing this pee-pee-poo-poo humor? I think maybe. Uh, I, guess it's, I guess it depends on how you look at it because, well, which you want to feel old. I didn't really think about this until it was pointed out to me earlier on Facebook with no, a meme. I felt very old last night. Okay. Yeah, but uh, 1999 is officially 20 years old. Okay, that that's enough. <laughs> no, but I, I guess it depends on how you play it. Like, if you look at it like they're maybe trying to, like, reform. Depends on what kind of story you're trying to tell. Like, they're older stoners, but they're more mature. Maybe they have kids, and they're trying to steer them away from their lifestyle. It's almost like you, you flip the script. Like, right. the stoners are trying to be, like, responsible adults. They're trying to conform to like minor standards or they or they're still the stoner types they're still li- living with like 90s ideals and they're trying to make it in 2019 depends on the kind of story you're trying to tell the picture you're trying to paint right yeah i guess i mean, I'll, I'll, I'll guess we see what we'll see in a little while how it uh how it works out but i'll watch the movie definitely i yeah, definitely same. will so um all right let's uh let's move on to the next one real quick the next one is the sequel to the 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton. Uh, this is Batman Returns. Three <sighs> years. Three years they waited for this one. I'm going to disagree with this one. Now, I love Michael Keaton as Batman to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Best one. Best, best one. one. But the original one to me was better than this second one. And I know 
Danny DeVito was in it, and Michelle Pfeiffer was in it. I know, and she's that hot cat as suit. Sh- that's cat suit. She's hot as shit. Don't get me wrong. Michelle Pfeiffer's fucking gorgeous, but I just don't see. I I, I liked the first one better. Jack Nicholson Joker. It didn't get better. That they could have stopped right there with the Batman movies, in my opinion. Right there, they could have stopped. I'm going to agree that the original was better, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for the sequel. Because I actually saw, I actually saw, I was a kid, but I actually remember seeing the sequel in theaters. And it was just like, I don't know, maybe it's because I saw it in theaters. It was like a different type of vibe. The action Mm. was like, like in your face. Uh, it was just like a good experience. So I, I have a, I'm not going to shit on the second one. I, I enjoyed it, but I do agree. Like the set, the first one is just like the best. You can't, you can't top that. Even though I will give, I will give credit to, uh, Batman forever. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey as the Riddler was fucking amazing. <laughs> True. True. He was, he was. I, I do like that one. But I mean, you know, we also had Christopher Walken in this one too, <laughs> which was great. Walking in any movie is great. Yeah, another but, guy that needs to be talked about more. Yeah, but I really, really thought this first one, the original 1989 Batman to me, was better. Jack Nicholson as that Joker was just so fucking, cre- so fucking creepy. And I loved that about that movie. But uh, I don't know. To me, the first one was, I'm not saying the second one was bad or doesn't belong on this list where it does. I could see it, but um, I think the I think the first one was better. Um, what do you? You, which one do you? Yeah, think? I agree. I agree. I agree. The first one was better, but I have a soft spot for the uh, second one. It's not. It's not bad, but you, you, in this situation, you're not topping the original. I like to me the best way I could put it is uh, the Jack Nicholson was a better heel. He was a more believable heel than Danny DeVito. Much more. Much more. No disrespect to Danny to be great actor, but I think they could have chose a better uh, villain for him to go up against in the second one. Probably. They probably could have. Probably could have. But uh, let's go up against, uh, let's go for this next one here. Okay. We've got The Addams Family Values, the sequel to The Addams Family, a 1991 movie. Uh, I don't know if this was the better of the two. It was the funnier of the two. It was. It a, was. It was. I feel like it got. It was got the second one. It it was the funnier of the two, but I think at points it got a little too cute for his own good. Just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it might have been, but but uh, I definitely thought the first one was really good, and the second one was fun, and they. You know, they, they they brought the MC Hammer song into it, the you know, the Adams family and the song and and they even had um uh a bunch of the family show up in this one that like they did in the first one and it was different and I liked it, but I really liked the first one a little bit. I, I thought the first one was a lot better. Um and Jesus Christ, did 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 you always know Christina Ricci was going to grow up as hot as she did. I did. Nobody didn't. And uh, let me ask you, like, Uncle Christopher Lloyd is Uncle Fester. I mean, you can tell us him once you look at his face. But I feel like when I first saw it as a kid, uh-huh. I did not put two and two together that, that Uncle Fester from Adam's family was fucking uh, 
<laughs> Doctor Brown. What, what was that? Was Doc from Doc? Was Doc Brown from Back to the Future? Yeah, that it was took, Doc It took Brown. me a couple years to like put two and two together. Yup, that was him. Uh, yeah, didn't look like him. Did not look like him at all. But he was great as Uncle Fester in both of these movies. Yeah, in both of these movies, I'll never take the acting away from any of these movies. But um, I, 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 I enjoyed the first one better. Now I do like. In the second one, we had Joan Cusack, who I yeah. like Joan Cusack. Uh, you know, obviously the mother of John Cusack. But uh, I don't know. It was weird. I definitely enjoyed it, though. But I still think the first one was probably the better one. So, all right. We move on to a cartoon, Anthony. Yeah. Toy Story 2. <sighs> the sequel to the original Toy Story 1995. Talk about a film that will not stop making money. No matter what you, you could jump up, you could set these things on fire and they'll come back as money. Hey, I, I don't care. Look, Tim Allen will be making money till they put him in the ground. I'm sorry. <laughs> if he never does another thing, it, it like for, if something God, if something happens where they pull every, uh, uh home improvement rerun or last man standing, He'll find a way to make money off a Toy Story alone. The man can retire a very wealthy man right now Bro, off of that alone. Dude, just just let me go through the voices in this movie. Just just just, and I'm not going to go through all of them. But I want to go through some of the, the the main ones. Some of the main voices: Tom Hanks, yeah. Tim Allen, Joan Cusack, who we just talked about, Kelsey Grammer, Don Rickles, Jim Varney, who. Uh, you guys know him as uh, Vern. Ernest. Ernest yeah. Vern. Uh, Annie Potts, Designing Women, and Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah. Yep, she, there you go. Lori Metcalf. Oh, yeah, Roseanne. Arlie. Er- yes, Arlie Ermy. I mean, this movie, talk about an action-packed movie. And none of these people had to do anything except walk into a studio, read some fucking lines, and go home. Yes. That's it. Toy Story 2. These movies, like I said, they do not stop making money. They do not stop making fucking money. And trust me, dude, they're going to keep making money. But uh, I think they've got a, a new one coming out, Toy Story 4, right? Yeah, I'm, and I'm actually going to check it out because I was a big time. To me, I don't know where you stand on it. I personally enjoyed the original. The other ones weren't bad. I'm not going to shit on the other Toy Stories, but to me... It was always about that original. The original is the best one for me. I like the original, but I actually think this one was better. I think this one had a better story to it. The other one was more of the humans. This was more about the actual toys having fun, which that's what it's supposed to be about, a story about the toys. But I don't know. If you ask my kids, they'll say they'll, they, this is the one they go to. They don't watch the original. This is the one they want. Uh, which one? Uh, who 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 were you? Uh, a Woody guy or a Lightyear guy? Um, what would be your favorite toy? Oh, uh, I'd probably be a Woody guy. Got guns. <laughs> Woody got oh, yeah, guns. Cow- yeah, Woody a cowboy, yeah. Yeah, Woody was a cowboy. He got guns. Um, all right. That's, you know, eventually we'll have to get to those, that, that, that series of cartoons. We might have to do those one night. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't mind. No, not at all. I wouldn't mind at all. Um, and off we go now from a cartoon. To not so much a cartoon. Blade 2. 2002 movie. Obviously. <laughs> uh, bless you. 
Thank you. Obviously, the sequel to the original Blade from 1998 with Wesley Snipes. Badass. Badass. And I actually agree with this. Oh, two yeah. I enjoyed. I did too. It was all, uh, this was the one with the, they had the zombies going after them and, um, one was good. Stephen Dorff was amazing in the first one. Let's, let's, let's be honest here. Stephen Dorff yeah, he was absolutely amazing in the first one, but we had some really good characters in this second movie. And I just loved this fucking movie. I, I do, I, I'll admit, I like all the Blades. I even like the, the, the Blade trilogy, the third one with Triple H yeah. in it. Um, oh, yeah, oh, you mean the star? Yeah, yeah. Even everybody's ass. Hey, even Triple H was good in that movie. But... He was, he was. I like them all. But I feel like this, out of all of them, the second one was the best. Mm-hmm. The third one had more comedy for me, which I enjoyed, but the, the uh, second one, in terms of like overall story, action, was the best one, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris Christopherson, we got he, he, you know, came back in this one. Uh, we had Ron Perlman, who's in the Hellboy movies. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else here. We had Donnie Yen doing a lot of the shit, badass right there. He's another legit badass in real life. A uh, lot of people were in this fucking movie, though, man. It was just a really good story, and I liked all the because I mean they went really deep into it. I mean, I haven't seen or read the um, what is it? The uh, comic books for the for those movies. Yeah, same. But I love the movies. I do. I wish they would come back with more of them. To be honest with you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I, I know I'm not really big on sequels, but I wouldn't mind a Blade uh, reboot. No. No, not at all, but the, the, this one was good, and like I said, we had a bunch of different characters in this movie. Um, uh, not only that, but all the, di- they had so many of these things going after him, and it was everywhere he turned, he was getting screwed over, but I just love this movie. Man, I might have to watch all these. Oh. <laughs> I might have to go back and watch all these tomorrow, just go back and have a little blade day. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed this movie, and uh, I, I totally agree with that. That I totally agree with. Blade Two is better than the. Uh, anything more on that, Anthony? Nope. All right, let's go on to. Uh, we go to the sequel to X Men, X Two, the sequel uh, from the two thousand movie that came out in uh, X Two came out in two thousand three. I did see this one, and I. I've seen all these, and I don't really. They got for me. They kind of bleed together. They bleed together. I don't think I have a favorite of these. They're all just decent movies. Yeah, I'm like the same way. Like I like them all, but I'm like they kind of bleed together. And like I'm, I'm not really a big comic book guy. Back in the day, obviously, I did watch the X Men cartoon. That was great, right? And it was cool seeing like a live action version of that. But like beyond that. I don't really have a favorite X-Men. To me, they all kind of like bleed together. Yeah. And I mean, look, let let, let me be honest here. I am always down to see Halle Berry in a tight outfit. Always. (laughs) But those movies do just sort of, you're right, they bleed together. And I really don't have a personal favorite of all of them. I I think they're all decent movies. They all have something really good about them and... 
I don't think I actually have a favorite of all these X-Men movies. How many are there now? Five? Four? Gotta be. <laughs> it Gotta feels be. like. Gotta be. And they're probably putting out another one this year or next year, too. So, I don't know. X-Men, not much to say on that. And uh, we do go right from, you know, comic books to comic books. Back to Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man 2. Uh, 2004, this is another one they only waited two years. Uh, this is the sequel to the original Spider-Man, uh, to the, <laughs> 2002, obviously. <laughs> but I will say this, I actually agree with. I enjoyed the first Spider-Man, but this second one, with all the characters they had coming into it too, chasing him down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just great, great shit. And again, I'm not putting anything past the first one. Willem Dafoe is probably one of the best actors in the world. I love that fucking guy. Uh, he played the Green Goblin, by the way. Um, I I love him, but this one here, we had some really good... This one had a more in-depth storyline. The first one, they kind of told just... It, it was kind of like a backstory. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how he became Spider-Man. This one, they just said... Fuck it, let's just tell stories about all the comic book shit, throw it in here. And I agree. This was definitely the greater and it was you know, it was cool to see this this was I think the this was the one where um Toby Maguire even got a little bit of the bad character in him too, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh I, I'll agree with that. I enjoyed the first one, but uh the second one definitely kinda gave you more to sink your teeth into. And I gotta say once again, much like we talked about earlier with Michael Keaton being the best uh, incarnation of Batman, I feel like Tobey Maguire also was the best Spider-Man. I didn't really like the changeover. No, I didn't either. I think Tobey Maguire was too. He he really had that goofy, nerdy kid that I think Stan Lee was looking for. Yeah, and it fit, like he fit like the look. Just, and you can kind of believe it. Like you could buy the fact that yeah, this is a nerdy kid by day. That could do extraordinary things by night, you know. It, it just fit the the whole vibe of what the Spider Man character was all about. Yeah, that was one of the biggest complaints. Is oh, this guy is like too much of a nerd to play this character. And I think in the second one, he showed he had a little diversity and wasn't too nerdy to play this character. Yeah, I mean, the first one was all the fucking. It, it, to me, the first one was was your love story. It was your love story to Spider Man. That's that's what it was. And it was. It was all about the girl, the first one. The first one was yeah, all K- about the Kirsten girl. Kirsten Dunst, yeah. Yeah, and this one, yeah, it was about her, but it was more about him saving his own ass, too. This one I really I, I really thought was was one of the better ones, so I agree with this one. And we've only got, like, two more after this. Uh, three more, I'm sorry. Now, this, I recently just went through and watched all these, like, within the past two weeks. Okay. I watched all these movies. Uh, I watched all, I think, four of them. Uh, the Bourne movies. Oh. Uh, the Bourne Supremacy, which would have been the second in this series. Um, yeah, hold on. Let me get past all these movies I've never fucking heard of here. Uh, if you scroll down, what the fuck is all that shit? This was the sequel to The Bourne Identity, which was 2002. Uh, have you ever seen these movies? Uh, honestly, I have not bits and pieces, but never really sat down to watch them. Matt Damon's a bad motherfucker, dude. <laughs> we say that right now. Matt Damon's a bad motherfucker. Well, see, he was a Southie too, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, he's yeah him, Ben Affleck. He's definitely one of the Southie guys. Most of those guys in that Goodwill Hunting movie were real Southie guys. Yeah. Plus, I don't know. He just has that look of yeah. Don't fuck with me. He just he just has that look. He has that vibe. Mm. It's like I don't know. To me, Matt Damon always seems to have a, he always seems to have the same expression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like, like he's always pissed off. Yeah. Does does he crack a smile in these series, or is it is the character just like just a badass spy type character? Uh, he cracks a smile in the beginning, but then when they kill his girlfriend, it's just all downhill from there. Yeah, I would be a little bit depressed over that too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would be too. Now, what made this movie better, and it even says it on the list, and I'm actually glad it says it because I 100% agreed with why it was better. There was a lot of, it says shaky cam, but it wasn't, it was a lot of first person cam shit. A lot of that first person, when they're walking, the camera's moving up and down with them. You're walking, you're walking with them. You know, it was that, and this was one of the first movies to really do a lot of that. But I loved it. I loved it in this movie, especially during action scenes where they were showing things like right from like right from his perspective. Like you felt like you were trying to break the fight up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really good stuff. And I love these movies. I mean, we've established I'm an action movie guy. I love the action movies. I don't give a shit if shit is blowing up for no fucking reason. I'm fine with that. Give me my headphones and let me crank them up and I'll listen to the shit to happen. I love it. I like action movies. I have since I was a kid. It's what me and my dad used to sit around and watch were action movies. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Action and com- Well, I'm more of a comedy guy, but action is a close second. And I also sat around watching old westerns with my dad. Oh, my God. Some of those things are god awful. But I'll tell you what. Some of the good ones are really fucking good, man. Was your dad a big Bonanza guy then? I take it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he liked all those shows, but he really likes the movies, the actual mm. movies. I have a whole list. So you mean like was he like more Eastwood or Wayne though? That'd be a good question to ask. Probably Wayne. My dad has tons of. I, as a matter of fact, I have him actually tons of John Wayne stuff. Yeah, definitely. My dad loves the old western movies. Loves all those. Not too big on the new ones, but definitely loves the old westerns. But, uh, yeah, these Bourne movies, if you haven't watched these movies by any chance, find them. Watch them. Are they, let me ask you, though, are they all interrelated or is it like one movie? Like, Is it like a case of movie or is it like all interconnected? They're sort of interconnected, but if you watch, like if you happen to just watch the second one and not watch the first one, not only will it explain what happened in the first one, but you get flashbacks. And the third, oh. and the third one and the fourth one. Now, the fourth one, I think it was the fourth. No, the third one, they snuck in Jeremy Renner, who was also, he was a gamble in SWAT, the SWAT movie. Okay. He was the bad guy in SWAT. Um, so if you ever, you know, the, the Samuel L. Jackson movie, SWAT. Yeah. So he, they snuck him in for some reason. I never really figured out why they, why Matt Damon didn't do it, but I don't know. Maybe he was out on his yacht telling people to watch their carbon footprint. I don't know what he was doing. Either way, I love Matt Damon. He's a badass in these movies. And, uh, yeah, good shit. I definitely agree. This is definitely, like I said, the better one. I like how they, again, it was like a first person cam. You 
you were mm. in the middle of the fight, when they were running from somebody, you were in the middle of the fucking chase. You just you felt like you were with them in the whole movie. You you didn't feel like you were being told the story. You felt like you were living the story with them. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely made it for a better movie. So yeah, I totally agree with the uh, the Bourne. Now let's go ahead now. We go back to the Batman series a little bit because there's a Harry Potter movie in here, and I haven't seen one of these Harry Potter movies to be honest with you. No, I, I was never big on Harry Potter. Nope. I'm sorry. Nope. Never seen the Harry Potter movies. Now, we go back a little bit. We're going back to the Batman franchise. I don't even think we can call these. A, it's not even a series anymore. Um, they're calling The Dark Knight the sequel to Batman Begins in 2005. So they're really basically taking the Batman series and rebooting it with Batman Begins. Oh, you cool it, yeah, because it's Christian Bale, and it's almost like an origin story where, like, in, I guess in this newer series, Batman's more of a he's he more he leans more towards the heel side. Which, if you look, if you know the original story of Batman, he really was a heel, and he really didn't, he really wasn't a nice guy. <laughs> no, he was sort of a douche. <laughs> sort of, he was, <laughs> he, was a he, he was killing motherfuckers for real. Yeah, he was. He, 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 Listen, they say you don't ever want revenge. If you uh if you're going for revenge, dig two graves, one for you and one for the person you're going after. Yeah. Uh, he was sort of the uh he was a dick, you know. He he wanted revenge. And yeah, if you do know the real story of Batman, he was killing motherfuckers. He was the one superhero that would. So yeah. but anyway, the Dark Knight, obviously this movie is more known anything for being Heath Ledger's last movie. Yes, and uh, that's a good question, because, I mean, he got a lot of praise, and rightfully so. He was a, he was brilliant in the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. But do you think his version of uh, Joker is comparable to uh, Jack Nicholson? Yeah, I mean, Nicholson is, like, in another league, so you, I don't want to say who was better, because that's unfair, especially since one guy is dead, and he didn't really get a chance to have his career go on. But uh, in terms of uh, just being comparable, would you put them on like the same playing field? Um, all right, here's how I'm going to do this. Okay, you've got Tim Burton's idea of the Joker in the first Batman's. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen a Tim Burton movie, everything is 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 over the top. Everything is funny, goofy. Think Beetlejuice, people. Think Beetlejuice. Think everything is goofy. Everything is funny. It's that kind of movie. And again, I mean, we're we're talking Michael Keaton, Tim Burton. They do love working together, obviously. They've done a ton of movies together. But you can expect the Tim Burton Joker to be exactly what Jack Nicholson was. That is the Joker you see Tim Burton wanting, doing, and putting on film. Then you go to this guy, you go to Christopher Nolan, and... Obviously, they were going for a dark night. They wanted a darker movie, a darker character. And I think Heath Ledger nailed this character 150%. I think this character was better just because of, just because of the perfection of Heath Ledger. But again, not taken away from the Tim Burton character, which 
I am 100% sure Jack Nicholson played to a T what he was told. In other words, I'm not going to put these two on categories of levels with different directors. Yeah, I think that, that's, yeah. that's actually fair. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah, I, I think they were both pitch perfect in both their roles for who the director was. How's that? That that work? Yeah, yeah, that works. Right, that's fair. Heath Ledger. Obviously, again, this movie is known for being his last movie, and obviously, it was known he got so deep into this character. He had trouble un, undoing and coming out of this character. Much like Jim Carrey had a very hard time not being Andy Kaufman after the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, these method actors fuck their lives up. Some of them really do. So, but I mean, you know, he died shortly before this came out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe, like, I think the movie probably would have been wrapped or close to it. Which is why it still came out. But I think he kind of probably died before they completely wrapped it up. But I guess they had enough of his stuff in the can to piece it together to uh, end the movie with. Right. To where they could still release it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think this was one of the best. I, I, I actually like that they've taken the Batman Begins and restarted them there. Because you're literally taking the Tim. Again, you're taking Tim Burton. You're washing Tim Burton, and you're getting a new director. And, I mean, The Dark Knight, I think, gets the most praise. And I think it should. I definitely think it fucking should. It was great. I loved it. It was what it was supposed to be. It was a dark movie. It really... We got introduced to The Dark Knight, the Batman, the motherfucking Batman, the killer in Batman. So it it, it was a great sequel to the movie. And it, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I've only seen it like two or three times. And every time I watch it, I just go, God damn, that's fucking great movie. Yeah. And I, I agree with you from the, from just from a simple standpoint that the dark Knight it really kind of, because it stays true to what Batman was really all about more than the Tim Burton version help more than the, more than the uh, Adam West version from the sixties. Yeah. The, the Dark Knight version of Batman is the authentic Batman. So just for staying true to the original story, I feel like the Dark Knight, even though I like the original Batman with Tim Burton right behind it, I feel like the Dark Knight does the uh, Batman character more justice. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I know I got a little wordy in my explanation on what, you know, on the two characters, but it's just hard to, you know, since they redid everything in their making this the, you know, a different sequel than what's in the franchise. I definitely think that's the way to do it. I, I agree with that. So didn't mean to get wordy, but I, I, I can't take the acting chops away from either one of them. I mean, both played incredible jokers. And like I said, I think they played exactly what they were supposed to play for each director. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, let's go on to our last one then. But uh, I don't know. Or, um, I'm sorry, you have anything more in the Dark Knight? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I kind of didn't even ask there. All right. I skipped Hellboy. I haven't seen the second one, to be honest with you. And I went right to 22 Jump Street. No, we're not talking about the original 21 Jump Street with uh, Johnny Depp in it. I'm sorry about that. We are talking about the one with uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. 
They're saying I saw this one. I, I saw the original. Really? The first, okay. The, okay. First, the first one I thought was decent. The second one I didn't bother with because I, I I just thought it was. First of all, I didn't think it needed a sequel, so I'm actually surprised they came out with 22 Jump Street. I'm like, <laughs> excuse me. Oh yeah. I, I I didn't think it was a need. No, there wasn't. No, no, no need. But I'm actually glad because this one I'm agreeing with this. The original one we got in 2012, 21 Jump Street. 22 Jump Street, we got in 2014. Uh, this one was definitely funnier. They went to college so, in this one. They went to college uh, in this one. <laughs> so it's worth seeing, is it, what you're saying. I think it's worth seeing. Um, some really funny, funny shit happened in this movie. Like I said, we had Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum. Uh, Ice Cube came back in this movie. We had Nick Offerman in this movie. Uh, just a ton of fucking people, but you know, I know it's surprising, uh, especially with his, you know, political beliefs, but Ice Cube, I like Ice Cube in movies. I do, too. Well, uh, yeah, very, very underrated. Very underrated. I like him in movies. I mean, this goes back to back when I saw him in the movie Trespass with yeah. Ice-T. You know, you had, you had both Ices in the same movie. That's right, people. I don't know if anyone knew that. Ice-T and Ice Cube did a movie together. It was called Trespass, and I believe that was Ice Cube's first movie. Um, before he started making his own. Uh, no, I think it's, you know, his first movie would have been uh, Boys in the Hood. I thought this was, I thought Trespass was before. We'll check it out later. Who cares? I'll see. That, we'll I, I might be wrong. I could be wrong. But uh, this one here was pretty good. They go to college. They end up uh, getting into kind of a, they stumble, because, I mean, these guys are bumbling idiots for detectives. And Ice Cube plays their asshole boss. It's kind of Lethal Weapon-ish. Believe it or not, but I like this one better than the first one. I think this one was a lot more fun of a movie. They had a lot of fun with it. I mean, they had so much fun with it. At the end of the movie, they made fun of the fact that they could just keep this franchise going. They put up all these fake movie posters of like 23 Jump Street, 24 Jump Street, 25. They just kept putting up shitty posters, you know, that back to college, you know. Off to the elderly, uh, the the nursing home and shit like that. It was a good, fun movie, and I. It took me a long time to watch either one of them because I thought they were just going to be stupid, and I loved the original Twenty One Jump Street. By the way, if you do want to watch the original Twenty One Jump Street, go ahead and get on on Hulu. It's there. All of it. The original. Oh, speak, yeah. Speaking of Hulu box, you'll be proud. I, I haven't dug deep into them yet, but I've actually, I'm going to begin the process of watching uh, NYPD Blue. I am on the last season. <laughs> I could, I finished, I finished two shows. I finished a show called Shark with James Woods, uh -huh. which I loved. It was a really good show. And I, I watched Southland, uh, another cop show about uh, being a police officer in L.A., Really good, intense, deep, deep show that gets very graphic in some of their shit. It's a really good show, Southland, if you want to check that out on Hulu. But I finished both of those, and I'm like, well, fuck, what am I going to do? Well, I was already on, like, season six of NYPD Blue, because I would just put it on when I went to sleep sometimes. So I just finished it. I'm on the last season right now. But, yeah, I definitely did. You'll, you'll, you'll like that show, man. I think you yeah. will. It's gritty. Southland was the same way, a nice, gritty cop show. 
But I mean, they're cursing in the show and they can do yeah. a lot that they couldn't do. It says it was a TNT show, but I thought it came out on Fox. Yeah, but uh, I, I started a few weeks ago. I didn't finish the pilot yet, but I, I got what you were saying about it just off of the first episode. And they kind of really took me back to the 90s, just from the theme music. I mean, the only thing I, I probably kind of, it's going to take me a while to get used to is fucking David Caruso. Just something about him on camera just always kind of like gives me douche chills. I don't know whether it's his face. It's just something about David Caruso that I can't stand. Oh. <laughs> you don't have to deal with him very long. You pretty much get through the first season and I believe two or three episodes of the se- second season and he's gone. So. Maybe it's the hair too, but uh, Sipowicz was definitely the most, he was a standout for me. He beat the shit out of uh, the uh, the monster dude. Yeah. Like he was shoving un- he was shoving money down his throat like he was Ted TV. I thought it was great. When he starts talking with the wig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm telling you, man, you'll love. But I swear to God, if you were do watch that, you're going to be like, holy shit, he's right. This is the story of Andy Sipowitz. The whole thing is Andy. Yeah. He's yeah, Andy. coming soon. We're going to break down NYPD Blue on a, one of these weeks. Uh, we will have Russell on with us for that because Russell will be a great addition to the NYPD Blue. He knows. He knows all the, uh, me and him can go all NYPD blue on your ass. And announce, yep. Definitely, yeah. He's, uh, he's another one who used to just sit there and watch that show over and over. Uh, his dad was a huge fan. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and when it's over, I'll probably start watching it again. I, I just, I just love that show, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in the last season. So I'm down to like, uh, you know, I got, uh, I got characters you haven't even seen yet. Cool. Only two characters in that show, three, make it to the last season. Only three characters make it to the last season. And Andy, Andy, Dennis Franz, is in every single episode. He doesn't miss one episode. Very cool. That's like that's longevity. Yep. He's the only character in every single episode of every season of every show. So basically, even if the episode wasn't based around him, he would have a, like a line or a walk on something that made you know he was around. Even even when yeah, even in the later episodes, you'll see he's he, a few things happen and he's uh, he's got shit to deal with. And but he's they they still show him if it's if, if only for five minutes he's in there. That's cool. I, I actually like that though because you're like he's 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 the o, he's one of the OGs of the show. So I'm glad like they kept a couple characters around to kind of like tie everything together at the end. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of times with those long running shows by the end, it's like the cast is so unrecognizable. You might see one or two people let you know, but um, then everybody else either gone, either somebody passed away, got fired, something happened. But yeah, it's good to know that they kind of held on to a few characters to tie everything together at the end. Yeah, they got pretty lucky with that. But, uh, yeah, the only ones that made it to the 12th season, though, are uh, Sipowitz. No, you know, no spoilers, but Sipowitz and uh, Greg Metavoy, who I don't think I don't think he's in the first two. He's not not in the first couple episodes, but he, he gets there right around the third episode. And I'm not there yet, obviously, but I'm actually surprised you were a fan of the uh, Zach Morris era of NYPD Blue. The dark hair, his natural hair. I'm actually surprised you were a fan of that ever. I like him. He was actually, he played a good cop. I was very shocked at how good of a cop he played. What, you didn't think, like, well, did it take you a while to get you, like, 
the fuck is Zach Morris doing on NYPD Blue? I remember when I was first when I first went through the season and I hadn't seen those those episodes, you know, all yet. And I'm like, God, I forgot he was in it, but damn, he's good. And dude, so it didn't take, it didn't take long for you to flip that switch and like get used to him. No, it took me longer to get used to Rick Schroeder. Wow, Rick Schroeder, and by the way, Rick Rick Schroeder was actually, in my opinion, he was the best partner. I really wish that character lasted. You'll you'll ask me why it didn't last. Eventually, I'm, I'm going to let you get to that uh, that season, ah, and then you can ask. Yeah. Me. All right, but I can I, I know why the character ended abruptly, and I can tell you. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Definitely on that, but. Uh, you know, a few more movies on that list that I, I, like I said, I hadn't seen all the movies on this list, and a couple more that were left were something called The Raid, which another action movie. I'm surprised I haven't seen it. I've heard of these movies, but I haven't seen them. And fucking Magic Mike, exactly. Yeah, I've never no. seen them. No, I, I will say one movie that I'm surprised didn't make the list, but should have. For me personally, my favorite sequel, Back to the Future Part Two. I feel like that is the best one in the series. It, it kind of, even though it was like a quick, not so much a quick turnaround. I think it was about four years between the first and the second one. Right. But kind of like similar to Terminator Two, I like that part two for the same reason that I like uh, Terminator Two. They waited until the technology was up to date to make the movie. Because mm-hmm. if you look at uh, Back to the Future Two, just stylistically with the technology, I feel like it holds up even today. It just fit. Everything about it just fit. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I would agree with that because that definitely was one of the better ones. And they started getting that's another franchise that was about to start getting out of hand. But they didn't make that last one they were going to. Um <clears throat> but yeah, that second one was really good and that told a good story too. They had a lot of shit going on in that movie. And it went back to a bunch of the stuff in the first one too. So really if you hadn't seen the first one, you were fine. Because it told you about it instead of just mentioning it and ho- hoping you, you know, got the reference. Yeah, and that's actually another one we should review at some point because it was, it was actually some interesting stories and lawsuits because you remember Crispin uh, Glover, he was in the original one. They wanted him for the sequel, but they had to, they ended up having to use stock footage from the original, right? Because he was suing them, torn apart to be a because of part two. It was some bullshit lawsuit, but yeah, we'll get to that if we ever get to Back to the Future. Yeah, it was an interesting yeah, story. That, that's a big. I remember that lawsuit. Um, I can't remember who won, but I don't think I don't, I don't think he did. Yeah, yeah, obviously, because and they still fucked him over. Like, we still got enough footage to put you in the movie, yeah. you bastard. He's a weird, weird, weird dude, man. Did you ever see that that rat movie he did? What was it, Willard? I heard about. I saw a little bit of it. I man. never saw it. I'll be honest with you, but Chris, I know what you're talking about. I saw like that. That was that was weird. I, he he's made some questionable choices <laughs> since Back to the Future. Yeah, he's a weird guy, man. Chris McGlover's a. I mean, he was great in the beginning and great in those parts. He's such a nerdy little crazy little character that. He definitely fit that kind of fifties goofy part very well. So I that definitely a good. I'm trying to think if there's any more that I can think of at the top of my head, but 
I mean, I, I, I said the Fast and the Furious. I really think the fifth one of those really kind of stood out for me. Again, the sequel doesn't have to be number two. It can be three, four, five, whatever. Um, and uh, Anthony, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned Rocky Five because I was going to say it if you didn't. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you brought up Fast and the Furious. I don't know if you look, believe it or not, for me, I actually enjoyed Tokyo Drift. That one doesn't uh-huh. get spoke, spoken about a lot, but I actually enjoyed that one. I like the story of it. I, like I said, it's not one of the more, it's more one, one of the more obscure ones that people kind of like overlook, but I really feel like if more people saw it, they would get the appeal of it. It, it really is very underrated, in my opinion. Yeah. I really actually don't mind that one. I thought it was pretty decent too. It wasn't great. It wasn't one of the great movies of theirs. Uh, that would have been what? Number three or number four? I want to say it was the third one because that, I think for that one, Bow Wow was probably the biggest star in it. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah. out of all of the Fast and the Furious, I honestly, I personally like the Too Fast, Too Furious, the comedy. I, I just enjoyed that one more. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I know which one you got there, but yeah. All of them were, look, again, I like stupid action movies. Don't, I'm sorry, but I do. Um, I like all those fucking stupid movies, and I even like the Transformers series. I my, my kids saw Bumblebee and said it was like probably the best one. They've seen all the others, both of them have. They they love oh. watching. <laughs> so uh, I did. I I, mean, I haven't seen. It. I don't know if I ever will. But how was Bumblebee? Uh, was Cena good in that one? My kids loved it. It's making good money. It's doing decent. Ah, so Cena has a future apparently. Yeah, I guess we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> We'll th- oh, this is what I wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. What about Young Guns? Hard to pick, man. Ooh, it's hard to pick. I love both of them. The first one, you've got the the mostly fiction story of Billy the Kid. That's a really good story. The second one, they focused a little more on a little more truth with the brushy Bill Roberts character, um, which you can look that story up. It's actually true. The second one is actually a true story of Brushy Bill Roberts, who claimed he was Billy the Kid. They could never really, because of how sketchy all the history was, they could never really pin down if he really was Billy the Kid. But a lot of people who knew Billy the Kid said that was Billy the Kid. Um, so I don't know, man. You got the fiction story. You got the true story. They're both really good. I don't know if I could choose a greater of the young guns, to be honest with you. Wow. So for you, that they pretty much uh, balance out for you, like both of them equally? Yeah. Yeah, they do. To me, they both do. I mean, really, both. Again, maybe it's because I spent half my childhood watching the Westerns with my dad, but I love both those fucking movies. I really did. They're both great stories. And like I said, you got the you got the first one, which is mostly fiction. But the second one, they really, and that's why Emilio Estevez did the second one, because they were going to tell an actual story. He didn't want to do the other one. Wow. But when he found out what they were doing and the story they were telling, he was like, hell yeah, I want to do this because this is a true story. I want to do the truth of this. And like I said, they, 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 they did the whole story of Brushy Bill Roberts, who claimed he was... And actually even tried to turn himself in and get pardoned. And like I said, they could never prove it was him. So they never pardoned the guy. And he died right before they were about to pardon him. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a really that I don't know if a lot of people know that, but that second story, if the, the second Young Guns, if you look up that guy, that's a one hundred percent true story. Yep, yep, they told a lot of truth in the second one. First one was mostly bullshit, just to kind of they they had fun with the, the the Billy the Kid story is what they did in the first one, but the second one, lots of truth to it, man. Yeah, I didn't realize it either until I started looking it up one day watching those. So. Trying to think, um, what else? Um, yeah, I think we, like I said, we went through most of the main, yeah, the main ones. You brought up Estevez, uh, let me see. I guess, like, he did the Mighty Ducks. You know Were you a Mighty Ducks guy? Yeah, no, I wasn't, but, um, well, we brought up Lethal Weapon earlier, and I said the fourth one, which, I don't think you said which one was your favorite of those. Honestly, I, I was, I was torn between three and four, mm-hmm. but I'm going to lean more towards four just because, I like the story of like the aging veterans trying to cling to their youth. And I honestly feel like the, uh, the, that, uh, fight scene with, uh, at the end with, uh, Jet Lee and, uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, that was bad. That, 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 that was badass. And it told a great, great story. Like, you know, did, did, uh, Riggs had one last fight left in him? I, I, I really like the story they were telling throughout that movie where it's just like, finally, after all of those years, Riggs was finally starting to feel, too old for this shit. Yeah. All, all of the years he was like the young, the young whippersnapper that that didn't give a fuck, that was fearless, that could go up against anything. And then by the fourth one, it was like he was finally starting to feel his age. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I really did. Like, I, if you really look at it from that standpoint, the the fourth one was probably the most complete story out of all of them. Yeah, it probably was, and it was it, it was damn good, man. I liked that fourth one, and again, you just said it. Jet Li, that was our introduction to the man, Jet Li. Look, I don't care how he looks right now. We got great movies out of him. If you've never seen the movie he did, The One. Yeah. Oh, that. He is a badass. And there's another guy who everyone's like, oh, he's using ropes and and, and, and shit. No, he's not. Oh. He's like Jackie Chan. He doesn't use shit. Those flips you see him doing are Jet Li. That's He's really what, doing them. That wushu style is all about those flippity dippity spins, and he does them, man. Very does them very well. Yep, yep. Like you know, Jackie Chan doesn't use fucking cables or ropes or any shit either when he does his stunts. And if you watch the blooper reels from his movies, you can tell that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Bob, I got to bring this up because you had posted a, I want to say maybe a week or so ago, or a couple days on the page. Which, by the way, shout out to uh all of the news. Uh, likes and subscribers to the uh, THT movie review page. Nice. Got a surge. Got a nice little surge. And I just want to welcome everybody. Tell a friend. This is going to be a big year for the THT movie review. So please hit that like button. Facebook.com forward slash THT movie review. There you go. Yeah, I'm pulling that up right now. Pulled up. I had two minutes. Yeah, but uh, just to kind of give the people a uh, precursor to what we're about to talk about. Millennials apparently have an issue with Seinfeld episodes now, Seinfeld is coming under fire, and at this point, I give up. <laughs> I, I really do, man. I mean, well, when you start when you start coming at the Friends and Seinfeld, which no disrespect to anybody intended here, those are two of the whitest shows in the history of television. <laughs> if you if you can honestly get offended at an episode of Friends or Seinfeld, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really are the problem. Well. And what they have a problem with is not the actual show, not Seinfeld, of course. Seinfeld's a good liberal. He's on the the, the the good side. 
The problem they have is with the character, the soup Nazi. That's the problem. He's a bully. And they call him the soup Nazi, which is bad. You can't call him from today's standards. It's unacceptable. And all the jokes about the soup Nazi are just plain racist. <sighs> Where to begin? Man? I, I don't know, man. It, yeah. It's just like it, it's, it's, it's to the point. You know what it is? I've, I come to, I've come to a conclusion. Uh, you know, you look at this is before our time, but you had like the civil rights era, civil rights movement. You had uh, the March on Washington. From our generation, you had the Million Man March. Do you th- feel like part of the issue is you? This generation wants to have their civil rights moment. They want to have their moment that is going to be etched in history, where they can say they affected some type of change in society. Do you think that's why they're you know digging up all these relics from the past? Of oh, this was offensive. That was offensive. They're looking to be like I was the, uh, I my generation was a part of that era that changed everything that made everybody, you know, look at the error of their ways. That this is how you treat people, and you don't talk like this. And you don't use derogatory names towards people and genders and races. Blah blah blah. You think that's what it is? Um, I think everybody wants their fifteen minutes of fame. And the new way to get that is to find something and complain about it. This came out of one guy's article, by the way. All this shit here. A guy named something Florio. I don't even know his fucking name. But he brings up, and to me, that's what it is. All these social justice warriors, these these they all want to get their 15 minutes of fame. And the best way to do that now is to complain about something or come to the aid of people that you should not be representing in the first place because why are you representing them? Can they not do it themselves? Are you saying they're inferior to representing themselves? Is that kind of what you're saying? I don't know. I I think it's all a little ridiculous. I'll keep going here. Let me point out the second example on this Florio's list refers to an episode that itself points out how problematic Jerry Seinfeld's character is acting. In the episode with the cigar store Indian in which Jerry is trying to date a woman, finds out she's Native American and can't stop using terms to refer to her heritage like Indian giver. The episode itself points out just how terrible Jerry is for doing this. Um, I mean, listen, people, can we stop making comedians apologize, especially for something from years and years and years ago? Please, I mean, they've. we talked about the Kevin Hart thing a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, actually. Uh, we talked about the Kevin Hart thing and how, you know, I mean, they're attacking this guy. And yeah. and now they're trying to get him to come back and do the Oscars. And he's like, nope, I'm done. I'm not coming back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to our THT brother, Shaheen. You know, he even pointed out on the, uh, his, one of his blogs or vlogs. On our YouTube, which by the way, subscribe to that channel, THT Podcast. Good shit. Yeah. Uh, it's comedy. It's everything is subjective, and it's it's ridiculous to put comedy comedians specifically on this pedestal. Comedy is supposed to push your buttons. It's supposed to challenge you. And even Ellen, you know, who obviously is a lesbian. Spoiler alert. Whoa. You know. You know I mean, she she spoke up for the guy, you know. She spoke up for Kevin Hart, like, and maybe being a comedian herself, she got where it was coming from. It was it wasn't meant to be offensive. 
And even even if it is even if you took it as an offensive thing during that time period, he apologized then. He he's apologizing now. The fact that you know, eh, you grow as a person. I'm not saying that it was right back when we were coming up in the '80s and the '90s that era, where it was more socially acceptable to make gay jokes. I'm not saying it was right then. People grow up. I'm sure there's plenty of shit you might have said during the '90s box that you're not proud of when you look back on it. But guess what? You grew up. You moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And people living in the past, I, I I can't like people digging up stuff from 20 years ago. What people aren't allowed to make mistakes and grow? No, come on, dude. I mean, you have to have no life to sit there and watch old Seinfeld episodes and go, "I'm offended. I need to write an article on this." Who the fuck are you? So what? You're offended. I I'm sorry. I don't care about your feelings being hurt. And you know what? That's how this world really works. We don't, we're not supposed to worry about feelings. You know whose feelings I'm worried about? My family's. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else's feelings get hurt. People used to not give a shit. Now we have to worry about everybody's feelings. Can't say this. You might hurt this one's feelings. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I grew up in a different time. Feelings didn't matter to people as much. Mm-hmm. Or, or put it to you like this. People had thicker skin. If somebody busts your balls, you bust them back and <laughs> you, you, you either laugh it off or you guys slug it out. And then guess what? You shake hands and you leave as friends. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now we have all these five. It's just, it's just insane, dude. We got all these people thinking different genders and New York now, you can make your baby gender neutral on their birth certificate. What are you doing to these kids? Yeah. What are we I look doing? at it like this, man. Like once the kid becomes of age, if he if he or she decides they want to identify a certain way, so be it. I'll still love the kid unconditionally. But at, at, when you're in control of that kid's life, fuck you. <laughs> if it comes out as a boy identify that fucking baby as a boy do not do not fucking confuse that because you're setting that boy up that child up for a world of trouble and hurt and ridicule and and sadness and confusion yeah why 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 are we doing this now to our children look there's that 11 year old drag queen now that was uh, did you see the video of him Dan- uh, no, Dan- I, I've heard the story, but uh, yeah, I yes. break the story down. Dancing at an adult club, not a strip club, but an adult drab club where people are throwing money at him. What? <sighs> where are your parents, and where is child services to take these parents away from their child? What are you doing to your kid? I understand support. Support your children, whatever they do, whatever they come, what whatever they become, support them. But, but this is, I'm sorry, kid, you're 11 years old. Do you really want to go through this ridicule? Yeah, we, I'm sorry. I, I I agree with you, Box, you know, support your children. But, uh, this generation seems to want to be like more friends with the kids and not parents. We need to get back to the days of parents being fucking parents. You can't, you can't, you're you're not, you can't be a friend to your child. You're not, no, you're not their buddy. You're their mom, you're their dad. Act like a fucking parent. You can't do it anymore. You cannot be a parent anymore. And when you're in public, you have to watch yourself because everyone now thinks they can step up and say what they want to say and 
and and they'll get in your face if dude i've been i've yelled at my not yelled but been like you guys have to stop it and people have said something to me for it did you tell them about that sales box like <laughs> excuse me <laughs> i pretty much just go i don't need you to tell me how to raise my fucking kids and walk away yeah you ain't fucking with me fuck you i'm armed get away from me <laughs> I'm armed and hung over. Fuck off. <laughs> Please tell me how to treat my fucking kid. Yeah, you, you go and give your kid participation trophies and see how he turns out in 20 years. He's going to be the Antifa guy out there yelling uh, there's no be- only good cop is a dead cop. That's going to be your kid. Is, is that yeah. what I don't want that for my child? You'd be like, no, 20 years from now, my kid will be whooping your kid's ass. <laughs> right now, Basically. my kid will whip your kid's ass. <laughs> my kid knows taekwondo uh, god damn it no but i i just think you know it's sad and, and like you said seinfeld like fucking liberal ass character liberal on the show and in real life and honestly if you think back to it like the the famous line what is it um not that there's anything wrong with that yeah i honestly i honestly feel like even back then that wasn't the, i think it was twofold that was partly him probably trying to cover his ass like I'm not trying to like disparage the gay community, but also I feel like it was just him trying to be more inclusive. Like it's not my thing, but I respect your right to be, to do your thing over here. It's just not what I like. I don't care what anyone does in their life. I really don't. You want to be gay, be gay. You want to, you want to cross genders. That's fine. You want to cross dress. I got no problem with it. I really don't. I really don't. Like I've said before, my uncle is flaming gay. You can tell my uncle's gay from across the fucking town. Literally. You can see him coming and go, oh boy, he's gay. Yeah, he is. I have no problem with him. He's the best uncle I've got. My my other uncles are garbage. One of them's a fucking drug addict piece of shit. And the other one I just don't see much. But luckily I go, I got, I got Uncle Michael. He's great. <laughs> now, now, box, and I even pointed this out on the uh, our fan page, the uh, yeah. page two page. Did you did you get a chance to watch that uh, video? I know you're not a big time fan of DL Hughley, mm. but did you did, did you get a chance to check out that video I posted? I didn't actually watch it. How long is it? It's about like I want to say six or seven minutes. Oh, I'm not he was. Thing, I'm right? sorry, it was like eight or nine minutes. But he was yeah. talking about the uh, Kevin Hart situation, right? And he basically thinks the uh, gay community are a bunch of bullies. <laughs> And I agree with him. Like, it's like for the most part, he was basically saying, like, look, what gives this group of people the right to, okay, you can do what you want over here. But like, what about all of these other groups? You know, he's a black dude, black people. You know, you got immigrants, you got, you know, Jews, you got all of these different groups that have been joked about all of these years. And guess what? They let it, you know, roll off their shoulders. Like, once again, you can respect everybody's right to be what they want to do, what they want to do and be who they want to be. But what makes you, especially as a comedian, no, fuck you. You're not going to tell me how to, right. as a comedian, you're not going to tell me what the fuck to do or fuck to say. No, you can fuck right off. I'm not apologizing for shit. Right. <laughs> and I mean, look, I, I've said what I've said about you. I don't like his comedy. I think his comedy is mostly racist bullshit comedy, which whatever. That, that That's my opinion. I've never said I don't like the guy. I've never said that. I don't like his comedy. I don't like the fact that, like I said, I don't like that. I, I think every joke of his is. White people do this, and black people do this, and black people do this. Why do white people do this? So I, I don't like that. I don't like that racist humor. 
not when that's your only go to, you know, that to me, that's his whole act. If it wasn't for race, he'd have nothing in my opinion. But again, in my opinion, some people think he's funny as shit. And that's fine. You can think that comedy is subjective, much like wrestling, much like music, much like Mm. movies, much like most of things in life. Some people like it. Some people hate it. Food, music, everything. Good. No, no, I I get what you're saying about the LUE. He can be kind kind of can rely too much on the race. Because you look at like a guy like Chris Rock. He's very he has a lot of race based comedy, but. But Chris Rock is also an intelligent guy. He he incorporates a lot of political talk, a lot mm-hmm. of humor, a lot of things that like everybody can relate to. Not just he doesn't make it a black or a white issue. A lot right. of racial uh, overtones to his act, but he basically kind of like gives you a little versatility before he kind of hits you with the uh, racism off right. the bat. He he kind of like mixes things up. He mixes things up exactly, and and, and which and I like Chris Rock. I really do. Yeah, I think he's great. His comedy acts are fucking hilarious. They're, they are. They're hilarious. But I don't know. Dio Hughley, like I said, I think he relies on the race thing too much. But when he says something I agree with, I'm not afraid to say I agree with him there. Dude, we're totally on Kevin Hart's side. The situation's bullshit. He's apologized for this shit before, number one. Number two, it was fucking years ago. Number three, he was quoting his own show trying to be funny. Good God. Do we really need to just get rid of social media? Is Is this the problem? Good God, we maybe Elon Musk is right. Maybe he maybe he should buy the internet and shut it down. Exactly. I mean, honestly, if I had the money, I would fucking do it because I feel like for something that was was designed to make our lives easier, it's making it unnecessarily difficult. It's dividing the country. It's dividing families, which is fucking sad. <laughs> like yeah. seriously, dude, 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 literally, when politics is dividing families, we got a problem. I'm sorry. And I hear it every day. Oh, no one talks to me because I support Trump or, you know, this one doesn't talk to me because of my belief on this. Whether you're left or right, both sides I hear saying it. Oh, and I hear people. Some people are proud of it. Not talking to my cousin anymore. Doesn't believe what I believe. You know, when someone didn't believe what you believe, that was called America before. That's the whole religious freedom, right to believe what you want to believe when you want to believe it. That's that's what all these wars were fought for. That's why that's why we've had so many military guys die for this country so we can have the right to have religious freedom, freedom of thought and not have our country tell us how to fucking think. I almost feel like that's what they're doing now. Everyone's trying to tell you how you should think. And I think the media is definitely trying to tell us how Oh yeah, absolutely. There's hidden messages in everything, and yes, I, I, yeah. In terms of like, and honest, I don't know if you'll agree. Like, I don't want to make this too political, but honestly, even with Trump, I honestly think that he's a puppet for a uh, bigger purpose. He he's basically the, he's basically out there as a sacrificial lamb to take all of the heat. Well, I mean, I've said this before. I think the president is nothing but just a figurehead for people to pull their strings with, anyway. Yeah, Pence is running this country as far as I'm concerned. No, I don't think he is either. I think there's people that are so deep ingrained into this government that when a president takes over, they're basically just – I think Trump is a little bit of a problem for him because, I mean, he's done things that other presidents have promised for years, years, and he's yeah. done them. And I think that's a bit of a problem because I think they want presidents to be – listen, you just do what you're told. 
We got plenty of people that know what they're doing. Let let just let us do what we do. And you just go out there and just be the figurehead. When when, when when there's trouble, we put you out there. But this guy's doing surprise press conferences. He's showing up at places he's not scheduled for. He's doing some weird shit, this guy. Well, you mean, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Are you telling me when you put somebody unqualified into a position that shit gets fucked up? Actually, Who he's getting, actually, he's. I mean, the this country is a business. He's turned it back into one. I mean, like I said, though, he's done things. Do you know how many? Do you know back since like Bill Clinton has been promising to like make Jerusalem the the you know the put the U.S. embassy in in Jerusalem of yeah. in Israel? Trump did it. Everyone has promised it. Trump did it. And you know all these people going against this whole immigration thing and the wall and shit. Do you know how many, all these people have said everything, Trump is basically quoting Bill Clinton, yet he's racist. And and Bill Clinton is loved by the same side that is calling Trump racist. There's some fucked up shit going on in this country. On both sides, by the way. Some of these yeah. extreme right wing guys, I, I want nothing to do with. Nothing to do with. I don't want anything to do with these fucking racist motherfuckers. Nothing to do with them. Just like you and anyone else who most people I know don't want to be, you know, on the. Well, I'm, I may be left, but I'm not with those Antifa fucks. There's extremists on both sides that most people don't want anything to do with. You yeah, I, I'm just like, you know, it's to the point. I, I'm just like, I'm hoping we can. Hopefully, 2019 is the year of common sense gets I, I, reintroduced I, I, into the conversation. I'm hoping. Nope. We're we're, we're going to be three years into Trump's presidency, and the same shit's still going to be happening. I mean, well, think about it. We're we're starting the year off with a partial government shutdown. People are people are going to literally be going on like two three weeks without getting paid. Uh, tax season is coming up. I people's refunds is going to get fucked up. Uh, they're saying Two-five there may be none right. until the government gets opened back up on those, and Which that is, that is messed up. Look, I'm, yeah, that's I'm, fucked up because people be counting on that money. That, that's yeah. fucked up. And man. by the way, I, I may be a Trump supporter, but I'm not one of these. Everything he does is perfect. Uh uh-uh. uh. Some things he does pisses me off. Pisses me off. I mean, th- th- this whole thing he did with bump stocks for guns, I don't agree with it. Do the words shall not be infringed mean anything to anyone that's supposed to be upholding this Constitution? Our Second <laughs> Amendment shall not be infringed that is the clearest four fucking words in the world shall not be infringed simple and remember part of trump's campaign was oh you're gonna keep all your gun shit and then he caves in and does this that's bullshit to me now i don't even use bump stocks i don't use bump stocks i don't give a shit about them i don't need to turn my fucking nine millimeter into a fucking ar-15 i don't need to do that shit but I also don't like when you start picking at my rights either. Again, I, I, I don't agree with everything he does. And I don't agree with about 98% of what he says when he's on that fucking Twitter and the microphone. But I don't know. Again, I don't want to get too political either. But um, seriously, if if you're watching Seinfeld or if you're watching Friends, just to go back to those two shows, because those are the two that have been getting heat lately, you really need to do something with your life. 
you really, really need to do something with your life. You know what? Maybe these people that are offended by this shit, maybe don't watch television anymore. Don't watch movies. Don't watch television. Stay off the internet. Just fade away. Just fade away. Go into your little angry bubble and stay there as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, for seriously. You just need to cut yourself off from society because I feel like nothing's ever going to please you. You're going to constantly be in a state of stress and turmoil because let's be honest, like everything, like not everybody's out to get you. Not everything is meant to be offensive. Some things are just a fucking joke. Relax. I mean, if we're to the point where we're digging up things from 20 and 30 years ago that people either posted somewhere or said on a fucking a TV show, like, come on, dude. These are fucking jokes, man. Not everything is about race. Not everything is about gender. Not everything is about equality. We've got to stop. And we're labeling everything now. Everything has a label. Oh, this is Islamophobic. Oh, this is homophobic. Oh, this is thisophobic. Oh, please stop. Stop with it all. And the race thing is crazy to me right now. And the anti-Semitism is really fucking crazy to me right now. It's okay to hate Jews. Did you know that, Anthony? It's okay to hate Jews in 2018. And- yeah, it's all fucked up. I didn't I know that. I'm, yeah, I'm the wrong Jew to hate. I'll put a bullet in your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oh. wrong motherfucking Jew to be hating on here. <laughs> You'll be... <laughs> Which, I'm, and, and, and well, I'm drunk and I'm armed. Try test me, please. <laughs> no, I don't carry when I'm drunk, but right now I'm I'm a little buzzed. But <laughs> but I mean, just seriously, I'm just not the guy to fuck with. And I don't know, man. I'm seeing more of it and more of it every fucking day, and I'm just like, God damn, I'm scared. I'm fucking scared sometimes now. And it's and it's people that I mean, it's it's uh, and Farrakhan. Yeah, uh-huh. Farrakhan hates Jews. You know that. He said it. He calls us termites. We're termites. Although he said he was insulting termites by calling, by comparing Jews to termites. And Bill Clinton stands up there right beside him at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Yeah. And the left is cheering him. They're cheering him. And I'm like, this guy is an anti-Semitic piece of shit. He's literally told people it's time to start killing Jews. Go on YouTube. It's there. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's crazy to that's me. Pretty, that, yeah, it's pretty intense. It's crazy to me, man. It's crazy to me. Like I said, though, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, you got the wrong fucking redneck Jew to fuck with here. If, if there's such thing as a redneck Jew, it's me. <laughs> now, um, I did want to kind of end on this and I want to get your opinion on it. Mm. Uh, basically it's separating the art from the artist. And I bring this up because of the, uh, Surviving R. Kelly documentary. I haven't watched them. It's basically like a mini document document series on uh, the trials and tribulations. We don't have to uh, get into the specifics. I mean, you can look it up. Basically, R. Kelly's a piece of shit, but he's made some good music, and that's that's basically the the crux of the argument lately. You know, people are like, I enjoy his music, but he did a lot of fucked up shit. Now, admittedly, he came from a uh, the background and box you've heard the saying hurt people hurt people right yeah i've also heard abusers abuse yeah so basically uh r kelly's been accused multiple times of dealing with young women we already know the Aaliyah story 
uh, which I, I, you know, the fact that she's, her name is being dragged into this nonsense is, you know, boggles my mind. Let that girl rest in peace. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been long enough. We don't need to bring her up and tarnish her fucking memory. Exactly. I, and I, I just don't believe in talking shit about people who can't defend themselves. So, yeah. Uh, you have that situation. And also, just in general, just, just, he's just a shitty human. He's a shit bag of a human being. All right. But I got into a debate and I want to get your opinion on this. So the uh, devil's advocate side of the argument is, well, yes, R. Kelly is obviously to me. My argument is this. If you're an adult in a situation, you have to take control of that situation and shut shit down. I don't care what happens. I don't care how old you think they look. The minute you find out they're under, you have to shut that shit down. Mm-hmm. Now, box, man, you know, in some states, the legal age of consent is 15, 16 years old, right? Okay. Right, right, right. So, so as long as like they say yes and something happens, as creepy as it is, it's legal. But there's also caveats to that. Oh yeah, in the states. Well, oh yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Then. No, but I wanted to get your opinion on this from the flip side. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with a 15, 16 year old girl, right, mm-hmm. and she initiates and she's trying to seduce an older man, should she assume some of the blame? Like, in other words, the situation is is consensual. But it's still creepy behavior, regardless of how you look at it. But should she assume some of the blame if she initiated it and the the older guy acted on it? If she's underage in that state? Yeah. No, that's and uh, unfortunately, no, it's not going to happen. Legally, it's up to the guy to turn that down. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I just think it's creepy. I just think it's wrong regardless. But I just, even like, so in a, a if it's legal in that state with caveats. Mm-hmm. What would your opinion be on it? It's still wrong, dude. I'm judging. I'm, ju- I'm judging the shit out of you. I'm sorry. I'm looking at you like a piece of shit. Yeah, you're still taking advantage of a young girl in life. It, it uh, nine out of ten times, it's a young girl who's looking up to this person as a father figure. Most of those girls, their fathers were not very good to them in the, in the and that's why they're doing it. So yeah, I think the guy's a piece of shit, and I don't care. You should know if something, I, I don't know, these guys, unfortunately, pedophilia in Hollywood and music is crazy. Is crazy. Exactly. And a it lot is. of these guys, here's what I've noticed, Anthony, and I have an article about this. Me and Shaheen really want to get into this one day. There's a lot of musicians and, and actors out there who started quietly dating girls when they were very, like, 15, 16. And then suddenly they turn 18 and they get married or, yeah. or they make it public, you know, and it's so weird how no one in Hollywood seems to care or music or yeah, they just don't care. And, and, and that's what, that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up because like with this R. Kelly situation, and part of what bothers me is like, for example, all right, he was a big deal in Chicago, like mid, mid nineties, early two thousands, R. Kelly was a big deal. So. During the course of one of these specials, which admittedly I have not watched yet, maybe I'll <laughs> talk to my co-host after we go off air about finding, giving me access to these things. Uh, the principal of his high school that R. Kelly went to basically said he would come back from time to time. Now you think, oh, he's a big deal. He's giving back to his community. He would actually, you know, scope out these schools for talent. He would hang out at the school. You come back one time, you don't think about it. You come back two, three, I'm asking questions. So my question to you is, as 
if you observe this behavior, whether you're the principal, you're the t- you were all complicit. You all had blood on your hands. So I don't want to hear mm-hmm. 20 years later, oh, I, I knew, you know, it was a well, you know, it was a worst kept secret. This was going on. I saw this. I saw that. Like, if you saw this and you did nothing, you're just as responsible. I don't want to hear what you got to say. Sit down and shut the fuck up. Dude, it's, I'm it's, sorry. You know what? It's like the whole Harvey Weinstein situation, the, the whole Me Too movement. How many people came out and said, oh, we knew he was doing this, but, you know, he's big, a lot of power. Can't say anything. Tons of people knew about this and did nothing. Yeah, man, everybody wants to develop a conscience. And I get it. Some people, they did try. Some people might have tried to say some things, but they got shut down because they didn't have enough power. And I get that. And, And look, everybody has to make a living. But to me, if you know some shady shit is going down. At the very least, you should speak on it. You should speak on it. I'm sorry. I'm not in your situation. I don't have your bills and all that. But if you see some, especially when it comes to kids and, and you know, people that can't speak up for themselves, you have to be that advocate. You have to be the person to step in and say, you know what? If you're not going to speak up, you can't speak up on your behalf. I am going to speak up for you. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's my problem with this. Like all these people crying and, and in this, that. No, fuck you. You were just as guilty. If you took your hush money and looked the other way, you're just as big a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly, dude. I agree. I do. I'm trying to actually find that article right now. But um, <laughs> but um, it. just like the bottom line, our discussion on this one, I wanted to get your opinion. Like, can you separate the art from the artist? Like, for example, you're an Elvis Presley fan, right? Mm-hmm. And we know the stories about him with young girls and this, that, and that. or like somebody like. That has thankfully has a clean record, as far as we know. Right. Somebody like Bruce Lee. If it ever came out that Bruce Lee did some questionable shit, would you still be able to enjoy like his contributions to the martial arts world, his movies, or would you still, or would you feel kind of guilty about still like being a fan, not of him personally, but his art? Um. That's a t- <laughs> ooh, that's a tough one, man. Um. Man, if Bruce Lee, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I've got so much respect for the guy and his philosophies. If something came out like that about him, I would be really disappointed. I would be very, very disappointed. Um, I would probably still be a fan, not be very vocal about it, but I'd be extremely disappointed in, in Bruce Lee. But, um, I did find this article, Anthony. Me, me, me and Shaheen were going to go over this, but you know what? Let's, let's, me and you can do this. Um, now Elvis is Elvis is in this article, okay. And Elvis was a little creepy of a guy, but it's strange how this just shows you. I have two here from back in these uh, back in these nineteen fifties days. This was acceptable back then, still to take a young girl and kind of just take her. And do what you want. Yeah, and, and that's, as uh, long as her parents knew, it was fine. Here, 1957, 23-year-old Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13-year-old cousin, Myra. She <sighs> still believed in Santa when it happened. Now, Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, <laughs> they stayed married up until like 10 years ago. They had kids together. Yes, it was creepy. But Jerry Lee Lewis is another one. This happened in 1957. Okay, nothing. He he got he he almost lost his career over this. 
because when he went to London, they found out how old she was, and they and they actually tried to say she was 15, and that didn't work. They immediately found out who she was. He almost lost his career over this whole thing. He had a takeout. And he should have. <laughs> and, and, and I, yeah, he should have. You're right. But it's strange how, again, at the, in the 1950s, this was still an acceptable thing to do. Yeah. And, and some people, I get it. Like some certain places. things, certain things affect why people do the things that they do. Like I was mentioning earlier, like I, I found out that uh, R. Kelly, apparently he was molested from the age of six to 14. But in the case like that, so basically by the time he was 14, he was uh, sexually advanced more beyond his age. So in other words, he didn't get to grow into that stuff naturally. Well, so I get I get it on it. But at, at, a, at a certain point, as an adult, you still know right from wrong. If you know you have those type of issues, you need to address them. Because he's talked about this in different in, in different forms over the years. If you know you have these issues, you need to address them. And not like put yourself in situations. Why, you know what I mean? Like, cause I feel like this, this is a very forgiving country. And if you admit, like, look, I have issues. I'm going to address them and get them handled. Fine. People are forgiving of that, but you can't like lean on that. Well, I, it happened to me. So I'm going to force that. No, if anything, you should be, you should be more like, no, I'm not going to put somebody else through the shit that I went through as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fucking scar somebody like that. That's terrible, man. That's fucking terrible. Yep. And it even brings up Elvis right here. 1959, Elvis Presley met his future wife, which would be Priscilla Presley. He was 25. She was 14. He literally asked her parents if he could go on tour with her when she was 14 years old. And they said yes. And he ended up marrying her a few years later. Um, in 1975, Steven Tyler, lead singer of Aerosmith, purchased uh, the purchased purchased the guardianship of a 16-year-old girl, Julia Holcomb, from her mother when he was 27 so that he could legally take her with him across state lines while he was on tour. Mother of the year, huh? Mm. (laughs) Uh, Colored over a grand romance and decades-long relationship, Celine Dion was 12 years old when the 38-year-old, her husband, became her manager, uh, Renee and Jelly, became her manager. They didn't go public with her relationship until she was 19. Oh, that. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm not even done. Move on from that. Oh, I'm not even done. I am not even done, sir. And matter of fact, Jerry Seinfeld is in this. R. Kelly is in this. Um, let's see, 1984, Rolling Stones bassist Bill Wyman started dating Mandy Smith when she was 13 years old, although they, they didn't marry till she was 18, and she says they were 14 when they first had sex. Never been <sighs> investigated, never prosecuted. Uh, let's see. 1991, 32-year-old director Luke Benson, Besson, excuse me, met and eventually married model Malouine Lebesco when she was 15. Their relationship inspired his movie Leon, The Professional, in 1994, which followed an emotional relationship between an adult man and a young girl. Okay? Oh, I'm still... uh, Now we get to Mr. Seinfeld. 1993, Jerry Seinfeld picked up a high school student in a public park. He was 39. She was 17. He and Shoshana dated for four years through her college years. Mm. 
So she was underage when he met her. Uh, R. Kelly, noted pedophile, pedophile R. Kelly secretly married R&B singer Aaliyah in 1994 when she was 15. He was 27. They met when she was 14, and he helped her obviously become the star she became before she died in an airplane crash, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. And the funny thing is, once that went south, she got he tried to get her blackballed. That's why their their like her second album didn't do as well as the first. And like a lot of people tried to demonize, which is another reason why I, I was irritated with why they had to bring her name into this. Because coming out of that that situation, they tried to make her the fall girl, the fall person for that situation. Right. It was all her fault. Right. Yep. And I'm still not done, by the way. 1997, Woody Allen should have become notorious when he married his stepdaughter. She was 21, but when he met her, she was eight years old. That's the creepy <laughs> part. She was 21 when he married her, but it's, it's still creepy. I'm it's sorry. still creepy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. In uh, it's the early mid two thousands, and that seventy show actor Wilmer Vale Drama is Very he good. is he Fez? Yeah, continues to date teenage girls in an effort to deny that he is now over thirty. He dated sixteen year old Mandy Moore, despite being four years her senior at age twenty four. Uh. At, is 17 and he also dated Lindsay Lohan when she was 17. They kept their relationship until her 18th birthday. That's when they made that relationship public and he also dated 17-year-old Dave Demi Lovato. Box, tell me um is um Scott Bale on this list? No, but I'm still not oh. done. But I'm still not done. Back in 2004, 26-year-old Joel Madden and Hillary Duff did the familiar dance of being just friends until her 18th birthday in 2006. So they met way before that. Uh, we go to rapper Tyga and Kylie Jenner began hanging out, quote unquote, an awful lot, beginning in 2014 when she was only 16 and he was 24, dated on and on after that. Then they became a lot more openly on her 18th birthday in 2016. Huh? Uh-huh. Fourteen-year-old, uh, when this article came out, this article I saw on September 22nd, 2018. The day before this article came out, 14-year-old Millie Bobby Brown innocently revealed that rapper Drake, age 31, has been with her for the last year, giving her advice about boys. Says they are friends, but there are some texts found that weren't exactly friendly. And until she turns 18, that's how their relationship will stay, she says. Yep. Uh, that's the last one. There's some creepy shit going on. And again, dude, no one mentions it. And it goes back to what you were saying. Does the, does the art forgive the crime is kind of what you were saying. Yeah, like, in other words, it's like, it's no different than, like, uh, a Chris Benoit situation. He wasn't my favorite guy, but I, I, after that shit came out, I didn't swear off of his matches. I can still watch his matches and appreciate, if it's a, a good match, it's a good match. I can appreciate it for what it was. He's still a piece of shit. I'm not going to go on my uh, Facebook page and change my profile picture to Chris Benoit <laughs> and memorialize him. 
but I can still appreciate his matches. You can quietly, which is how yeah, you well, should do it. And I mean, that's and, and that's fine. I got no problem with that. But it's the it's it's those creepy. Oh, Chris Benoit was in Hall of Fame. Now, Elvis, yeah, he did like young girls. He really did. He loved virgins. Yeah, he we did. talked about this. Yes, yes, the, he was a weird, creepy dude. But I don't know. For some reason, it's never talked about. All anyone talks about is how he's just this great musician and this and that. Uh, but I don't know. And Jerry Lee Lewis, same thing. Yeah. But his career, like I said, his career did almost tank because of it. Uh, he had to take out a full page article in a magazine and basically apologize to people and then still had a hard time getting his career back on track after that, which his career never did really get back on track. Uh, most of Jerry Lee Lewis's most famous songs are from before he went to London. And yeah. got found out. So, I mean, if you watch the movie Great Balls of Fire, it shows the same. It shows all that shit. And uh, you want to talk about a heartbreaker and uh, doing uh, just like looking at different things. The Sarah Kelly thing. You know what kind of broke my heart? Uh, one of the songs, because he, uh, you know that uh, "You Are Not Alone" song mm-hmm. that uh, Michael he wrote that for Michael Jackson. That makes sense. So that uh. <laughs> That song kind of came out about around my grandfather on my uh, father's side passed away around like what ninety five ninety six. That's when I first heard that song. Huh. And like yeah, it was like a it was like a nice song, kind of like you know it was a comforting song. Come to find out, he wrote this song and it was he almost wrote it and it was in, it was almost like a dedication to like a sixteen seventeen year old girl that he was dealing with at the time. So. You you do the math on the context there. So how many other songs are like that where it, it was like a hidden meaning to it? Like mm-hmm. you are not alone. And just when you really stop and break that down and you listen to the song, it's creepy as fuck. And, and you just get douche chills thinking about you feel bad for liking it now. Yeah. And then there's guys who you didn't even think of, like, did you know that about Steven Tyler? I didn't know that about Steven Tyler. No. How was that swept under the fucking rug? He's a god in the rock community. He bought guardianship of a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> I mean, the fuck, dude? And yeah. bought guardianship to take her on tour. Yeah. Do you know how much that girl was probably passed around at that age, dude? Terrible, man. Oh, my God, man. I mean, and and I just, there's weird shit going on. And I didn't know Aaliyah was that young when R. Kelly was with her. Yeah, they had, yeah, they uh, falsified it. Because he, I think he met her when she was about 12. Uh, The marriage took place when she was about 15. They lied and said she was 18. But uh, apparently, yeah, there was a lot of uh, questionable things going on with that. Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, clear, clearly. But, uh, yeah, I guess we can, uh, I guess we'll end it on that odd note of pedophilia in the Hollywood. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll do that, man. Let's go ahead and end it here. Uh, we will definitely be back, if not next week to make up for the week before, the week after, definitely. It's been so, I'm sorry that, uh, we missed the show. 
uh, these past few weeks. I know we only got one show done in December. It has been a nightmare. They're basically redoing my whole house, my landlords. And, uh, I mean, next Saturday they're going to be here at 8 in the morning to start redoing our bathroom in this room behind me. So, I don't know, man. It's just been a nightmare with the holidays and... It's just been, I, I apologize to everyone, but my computer's been down for a few days here and there, and I've just been fucking chalked as shit lately, fucking, but yeah. uh, definitely, we definitely will be back, and uh, don't forget to check out me and Shaheen, we'll be here next Wednesday, 9.30pm Eastern Time, right here on Mixer.com slash THP Podcast. Um, Anthony, I don't know if you and Doug are even, are you, are you guys even doing the Rain Men show anymore, or is Doug too busy with Hasbro's, and... I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna reach out to him because now my job situation has changed. Yep. I'm gonna try to uh, get back on because I actually do Mr. Rainman show. So stay tuned for some updates for that. Get my co-host here to help me with this mixler and yes, Rainman. The Rainman will be back soon. All right, there you go. So uh, don't forget, stay tuned for those guys. Sign up, uh, follow Anthony on uh, Instagram over there on the Rainman of Wrestling channel, and uh, he he'll uh, you'll find out when they're coming back. And I think that's it. I appreciate everybody coming on in. Appreciate the chat room as always. And uh, anyone who's downloading this show, thank you very much. And we will uh, see you next time. Anthony, what you got? Anything? Don't forget, subscribe to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash THC Network. Up to eight exclusive shows a month. And don't forget to follow our, once again, THC Brother Shaheen over on YouTube. He does a shit ton of vlogs on the uh, THT uh, podcast channel. Subscribe, hit the bell so you're notified. Tons of quality content mm-hmm. and a professional-ass setup. So Yo, subscribe yeah. to that and uh, yeah. There you go. And of course, if you need any of your uh, anything drawn for you, if you're just like Prince, go check out NuclearHeatGraphics.com. Shaheen's got it. If you don't see it, he can draw it. And I mean anything you want, Shaheen can draw that shit. Nothing that you're going to give him is he going to be oh what do you want what do you need i can't do that he can draw it so nuclearheatgraphics.com check that shit out and on that note thank you guys and see ya fuck you pay shaheen peace